The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this one purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios and talking to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250, You can find us online, PR927FM.com. You can watch the show live and chime in with your thoughts, comments, questions on Facebook Live and on YouTube. So make sure you check us out there as well. All right, uh, man, we got a packed show for you on this Monday coming off week two of the college football season and week one of the NFL coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes. We'll hear from J.J. McLamb from East Carolina talk about what went down at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Brian Bailey joins us at 3 o'clock or 3.30, I should say, to recap ECU, talk high school football, talk NFL as well. Uh, At 4 o'clock, we'll have an NFL recap for you. At 4.30, we'll go inside the Players' Lounge with Tyler Sneed, East Carolina wide receiver, and DJ Ford, East Carolina safety. At 5 o'clock, we'll hear from East Carolina quarterback Holt Naylor's. At 5.30, we'll talk to Pirate receiver C.J. Johnson. And then in around uh, 5.40 or so, we'll hear from Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith, the Pirate linebackers. So we've got um, a lot of trips inside the Players' Lounge. Pirates coming off a 20-17 to loss to South Carolina. Troy D. is alongside. Troy, uh, happy Monday. Good to see you, Clip. Happy Monday to you. Not a great weekend for the teams we root for. No, uh, between the Bears, the Pirates, and the Redskins, or a team formerly known as Redskins. Uh, Ofer. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those weekends. But guess what? There's always another game there's, right around the corner. There's a new weekend coming up, Clip. Let's, uh, I know uh, we had some calls in the fifth quarter, Troy, and you were at the game yeah. on, uh, on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And look, it was the first game hosted by... Uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, where fans were allowed in attendance, uh, the capacity anyway, yeah. for a long, long time. And, you know, there were some issues, apparently. Well, and I, we wanted to reach out to East Carolina. And, you know, there's look, there's always two sides to every story. And I know a lot of fans were upset with the uh, lines and what was going on with the concession. So let's just get uh, straight to our fixed NC live line. JJ McLamon, Associate Athletic Director, joining us on the live line. JJ, first of all, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. How are you? Going great. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite to come on and and to join you guys. Absolutely. Let's uh, jump right into it as far as uh, how Saturday went operationally for you guys from from ECU's perspective. Let's let's start there. Not on the field, but I guess off the field with the stadium operations. Yeah, Troy. I'll just you know, just be very transparent with you guys. We uh, did not meet our standard uh, of expectations that we've set under our administration and our leadership and. We spent a good bit of the day yesterday and all morning this morning working with our vendors and our partners to uh, put together some solutions that will get us to meet our standards as we look 
to host, uh, host College of Charleston in a couple of weeks. JJ, I know we, we've talked uh, we talked something yesterday, and um, the first thing is you got to recognize what the issues are to fix them, which you guys are doing, and uh, you definitely don't want a repeat of that in a couple of weeks. What were as you guys have kind of taken a look back at Saturday, and we are living in some crazy times with with the COVID situation still out there, and there's it's hard to find help for a lot of businesses. Any business owner can relate to that right now. Uh, I guess ECU is not immune to that. You found uh, that you guys were in some of the similar situations on Saturday that uh, just happened to be short-staffed and you had a massive crowd. But I'll let you kind of address that as far as what went wrong. Yeah, yeah, Troy, I will. And we'll you know, kind of walk you through our process that led us up till Saturday. Back in May, we met um, our administrative team. We met with Airmark, which oversees all of our food operations and our, you know, all of our concessions. And, uh, you know, we really told them that we had one impression for a first impression as we got ready for a South Carolina game. Knew that was going to be a very important home opener for us. So we worked very diligently with them uh, from May to spring over the summer. And, you know, you'll notice that we made a lot of changes around our concession stands, a lot of graphics. Um, and Airmark came to us and really put in the infrastructure to update some of our booths. And, you know, we really had a good plan coming into it. And, and working with them, you know, we realized uh, as we got in July that we, we could possibly have some labor issues. So they came to us with a plan to bring in uh, 40 outside uh, folks from Aramark, from other schools across their districts, from Wilmington, Clemson, uh, Lenore, Ryan, Carolina, NC State, uh, to name some places that they pulled staff from to come here for our home opener. And we really had a great plan, but... You know, as we got into the week, um, on Friday, we received a few calls Friday of some nonprofits that work our concession stands that, hey, something's come up, uh, we can't be there tomorrow, COVID can't be there. Whatever the reasons were, um, those calls started coming late Friday, and then on Saturday, uh, we had significant calls. And just to kind of put it in perspective for you, Troy, we lost 11 groups and between Friday and Saturday that equals 122 employees. So when you when you put those numbers within 24 hours of the game, losing that kind of staff, you, you can't make those bodies up overnight. And so, you know, we worked with Aramark on Saturday morning uh, to try to move some folks around, position some different folks in different stands, and, uh, you know, really made the best of it. But we realized that, uh, you know, we did not have our best foot forward, but it is a labor issue. It's, it's shortage of staff. Uh and then, you know, our, our crowds were great. We couldn't ask for a, a better crowd to be in Dowdy Ficklin on Saturday. And we appreciate everybody that was here and, and knowing that we've got some changes to make as we look forward to the next game. And we've been working on that for two days. Um, you know, Airmark realizes where they're at. But like I say, we're in this as a partnership with them. And, and we realize that we've got to make some staffing issues, changes. And so we're doing that. We've started today reaching out to some different groups uh, to see if they're interested in working for us on game day because, you know, when you lose those kind of numbers within 24 hours, as I said previously, you, you can't make it up. There's not enough time to, to recruit and get new people here, especially the morning of the game. Folks are calling out sick. So, But it's not an excuse. Um, not trying to say it is. We own it. 
and uh, but we are committed to correcting it for the next game. And when you mentioned you know those eleven groups that kind of really short notice, I assume that kind of equates to almost eleven concession stands because for folks that don't understand, you guys have gone back to letting community organizations help run those concession stands, and that that community organization then gets to profit in the proceeds of that. It's a great fundraiser for them. For folks that are out there listening that want to be part of the solution, say, hey, look, I'd like my church to be involved in this, or I'd like my uh, organization, whatever nonprofit group they have, to be affiliated with that in a great way to raise money for that group. One, can they still do that at this point, and how many would you be looking for? And how do they make money? Yeah, that, that is a great point, Troy. And Yes, we, we would still take uh, groups to come in right now. They don't have to be a nonprofit. They can be any organization that uh, would like to come, and you know, we pay a percentage of that group's sales uh, from that booth from that day. And, you know, Airmark has got a great program that uh, they've been working for years on that. So, but if anybody's interested, they can contact me and we will definitely get them in the right direction and get them contacted with Airmark about how to get them set up. All right. And the good news is, I guess you do have a couple weeks now to kind of hopefully address these issues. And are, are they fixable problems from your, your perspective? Yeah, they really are. They are, you know, they're very fixable. We just got to, you know, put our heads together and come up with a workable solution. But it starts with bodies and being able to get staff to come to work. And I really have got the confidence in Airmark and with our leadership team here to uh, to rectify the problem. All right. While we got you on, JJ, I know one of the things we heard too, the stadium audio uh, seemed to be a little um, struggling at times. And I know, look, we're in the communication business. Equipment can go out. Fuses can get blown. Uh, was there any reason behind that it, it didn't sound as crisp as it normally does? Uh, have you guys been able to diagnose maybe what went wrong with the scoreboard? Yes, we have. And, and um, you know, you guys hit the nail on the head there. Technology can be your best friend or it can be your worst friend. And, uh, unfortunately, all week last week it was our best friend. And then on Saturday uh, – we had issues, and, you know, we acknowledged that. But, uh, you know, it was a uh, – and I know just enough about it to be dangerous, but there is a cluster of uh, amps and uh, equipment up there that run our scoreboard and our, our PA and audio, and they're synced in line. And, unfortunately, the first one in line worked, but the next two went out. So we were only pushing out enough sound for those two. Uh, it, it was not fixable on Saturday, and, you know, we apologize for that. But we are having the local guys here in town uh, start to work on it and give us a solution to get the uh, equipment replaced and repaired before the next home game. Once again, we're talking to uh, J.J. McGlam. He's the uh, Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations. We're talking about uh, the aftermath of the season opening game for Green, at least the home opener for our ECU last weekend. J.J., while we got you on the line real quick, I had a friend ask me, you know, we have his parents are a little bit older, uh, maybe not handicapped per se, but they struggle somewhat with mobility, I guess is a good way to do it was wondering, are there game day shuttles available for our fans from to be able to get them to the stadium? Like a, When I say game day shuttle, like a golf cart that could get them at their parking spot and then bring them to the stadium. And if so, how do, how do fans that need that, how do they utilize that? Yeah, we do have that service available, and we have predetermined pickup locations in, the, in our parking lots that you'll be able to see. There's an A-frame sign out there that says ADA shuttle pickup, and we have those, and they run, you know, from – Three of our uh, main lots around the stadium drop off at the gates, and then post game picks up at the state at the gates and takes you back to, you know, those predetermined pickup locations. But uh, 
you know, if anybody has any issues there, they can reach out to us and we will uh, try to accommodate the best we can. But we do have those shuttles on game day. All right. Sounds good. And other from the uh, other issues that we talked about, what about, uh, you know, I'll give you a chance to talk about things that went well. <laughs> you know, there wasn't all bad. So uh, as you guys take a look at from Saturday and it's been a couple of years since ECU's had a crowd that big, maybe even longer in the stadium. What was your takeaway from Saturday? Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm so pleased with Pirate Nation to, to come out for that game on Saturday, to stay the whole time, to be so energetic, to be, have the energy in there. Was, it was amazing to have fans back in Dowdy Ficklin. And I asked that, you know, hey, come back out for our next home game in two weeks. Bring that same energy because it really does help our team. It helps our department. It helps everybody that's involved with it. So, you know, I'm just grateful that, Pirate Nation was there, and we asked for the continued support. All right, and once again, if uh, someone's just tuning in, J.J. McGlam joined us from East U Athletics. And if somebody uh, went to the East Carolina game, let's say they didn't have a great experience when it came to the concessions, whether it was trying to get a popcorn or water or uh, or a beer and maybe had to wait too long or was unsuccessful, what I hear you saying, J.J., is you guys hear, have heard that. You know it was an issue. You're responding to it, and you're going to do the best that you guys can do to hopefully – address that and uh hopefully folks will give you a second chance if that was their first experience and uh give east carolina football another chance as a fan at the game and don't let that be the uh, and i've been i'll say this i've been here 30 years i've never seen it like that so i don't think that's the norm i know it's a uh, some crazy circumstances that hit that you described earlier hopefully people will give you guys another opportunity yeah i hope so troy i mean it is i think all of these little issues are correctable but, uh, you know, we're working very diligently on it. And, you know, we're just thankful of everybody's support and ask that they come back out and, and bring that same energy when we have College of Charleston at 6 p.m. on next Saturday. JJ, thanks for your time today. Appreciate the transparency, letting us know what was going on behind the scenes and uh, what you guys are doing about it. And really appreciate uh, the work you guys are putting in. Yeah, I appreciate it, Troy. And, and as always, I, you know, as I'll tell Pirate Nation, you know, we welcome constructive criticism. Uh, it's hard for us to fix the issues if we don't know about it. So, you know, I ask if there's other issues out there that folks want to just email us, you can do that, and uh, we will adjust those and address them as accordingly. Fair enough. Thanks, JJ. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks. All right. JJ McLam joining us as we open up the show clip, and uh, I think that is what what he said right there at the end. They can't fix problems unless they know about them. And also, I think the good thing about it is admitting that when there are problems, that they're not trying to just say, oh, everything's fine. I think they knew there were issues. And uh, hopefully East Carolina folks are a forgiving bunch. And it sounds like things will be run a lot smoother the next game. And it's just, as I said, unfortunately kind of the crazy times we live in. I've been at restaurants and stuff and some great places, and things take longer than they normally do. And when you get that many thousands of people in one spot – and you, you heard JJ say, you know, 11 groups kind of no-show you, and it would, which equates to over 100 folks that they would have had serving people. Yeah, I mean, it makes uh, sense you can't, there were issues. You can't cover it. Yeah, you can't make up that ground that fast. Unfortunately, you know, if things don't turn around on the field, the crowds aren't going to be that big moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, East Carolina on the field needs to put together a winning product to give a jet another reason for fans to want to show up. I mean, I know we took calls for – over three hours i believe on the fifth quarter it was a marathon show and you know it was man it was so awesome to be there in the stands at a game cheering on the pirates there was that but there was also there was a lot of bad experiences at the game you know we just went over there so you know it was some good and bad and you just hope moving forward that 
uh, they can fix those mistakes that were made and uh, everybody can have a more pleasant experience. Yeah, I think, look, there's mistakes that can be fixed on the field and off the field. And uh, if East Carolina can fix those, th- th- there could still be a lot of good things happen this season, Clip. All is not lost. And uh, first of all, kudos to the defense. I thought the defense looked incredible Saturday and they did you know everything they could do within their power. Uh, to win that game and one play here, one play there, it's a it's a totally different atmosphere right now. It's a totally different attitude right now. Unfortunately, uh, you know the game played out the way it played out, but uh, I still, you know, I am not one of these doomsday folks that thinks all is lost. And I still see there is that this team is a talented team, and I still think there is great potential this season. There is. You want to talk about the offense? Well, I think. The offense had struggled. It was bad. Uh, but I still, you know, honestly, I think, you know, look, I love Donnie, and I, I think he's one of my favorite people on the team, but I think Donnie needs to open up the offense a little bit. I think they have been too conservative, and I'll, it, this is just my opinion, and I think they need to let Holton be Holton, and let if, if, if the play isn't there and he can scramble and he can be more Tim Tebow-like, like when he was with Florida, that's what I think we need to do. I think they need to go ahead and run more of a spread and get away from the pro set a little bit. And that's just my personal opinion. I, I think we are being, you know, I want the Donnie from SMU last year. You know, I, I look, I love the Donnie of the first play. That, that, but then it seems like we tighten up as the game goes on. We get very conservative. In my opinion, if there was one adjustment I'd make, I, I would open up the offense more and let the folks and, and, the, and let the guys shine and let them do what they're capable of. Something has to change. 11 of 24, 77 yards, two picks from your, your quarterback in 2021 with all the high-powered offenses going on across the country is just brutal. Rajay Harris, 14 for 70 five-yard average they ran the ball pretty well uh, especially compared to week one and there was that drive uh, in the second half where Rajay got cranked up Keaton Mitchell finished uh, 42 yards on 14 carries but the passing game just non-existent and Ehlers once again had a long run we've seen it in back-to-back weeks now and look I feel like we've talked about this for ages uh, you know let Holden Ehlers run the football uh, mix in some of that and it's just not happening but he had a 34-yard run uh, that was one of the big plays outside of the sneak throw on Saturday. Yeah, and you go back to you know just one play of the game that that I think really changed the whole dynamic of everything. You go back to the pass play towards the end of the half to Rajah Harris. It unfortunately goes through his hands, bounces off of him, and it's a pick six for South Carolina. That if that doesn't happen, Rajah catches that. Let's say we score a touchdown in that area. ECU goes into the half up twenty-one nothing. You know that is a complete game changer clip. Then. You know, going into the half with South Carolina, but at the very least, like fourteen to nothing, we would have taken that. Even if you didn't score and you miss a field goal, whatever. If you go in the half at fourteen, you take that touchdown off the board. EC wins the game. Yeah, the margin of victory was what three, probably so. So I mean, I really felt that one play not only changed the momentum of the game, but was really the difference in the game. And it's just one of those bad breaks. You know, I think you run that play twenty more times, he catches that ball. You know, it's just one of those things that just happens. We've been really good the last couple of years, even in losses, of scoring at the end of halves and good things happening at the end of the first half. Jake Verity hit I don't know how many field goals at the at the horn to go into the halftime locker room. Yeah. This year we've had a Hail Mary call go against us yep. and then a pick six right before half. We've the, had two bad plays. The end of the second quarter has 
killed the Pirates really in two weeks. And that momentum going into halftime really means something, Clip. I mean, you can either take it and maximize it, or it can spiral, you know, bring you down. And it has just been two weeks of back-to-back unfortunate plays against the Pirates right going into the half. I do agree with you. Uh, defense played some inspired football, and that's what you want to see at home when the crowd can can get up, get loud on third downs. And uh, we'll talk, uh, you'll hear from the players later on, but uh, Tyler Sneed pointed it out a couple of times, giving the defense credit. South Carolina was 2 of 12 on third downs, which is fantastic defense. Yeah. On the flip side, East Carolina's offense was 2 of 16 on third downs, which is awful. But for ECU's defense to hold South Carolina to two first downs on 12 third down attempts uh, was fantastic. They were they played well enough to win, obviously, on Saturday. And if I remember correctly, I think at halftime, South Carolina had like negative 20 yards rushing, which is, I mean, when have you, uh, this is an SEC team that we had negative 20 yards rushing. Their so running back had over 1,300 yards last year, Kevin yeah, Harris. I mean, so that is just an impressive performance. And, I, you know, we're getting back to, you know, Holton. I know that there is some talk, you know, about wanting to protect him, but I swear, I think we talked about this off the air. I think by if you keep him in the pocket, he's he's getting hit anyway in the pocket. He's getting banged up and bruised and tackled there. I, in my personal opinion, you're better off if if the play doesn't work out right away, let him go loose. He's able to avoid a hit more if he's running by sliding or going out of bounds or maybe applying a hit himself to to somebody versus just staying in the pocket and getting hammered. Well, uh, so I, I would rather see him uh, go out and, and let him do his thing than just be forced to stay in that pocket and take a hit. It reminds me of uh, being a Washington fan, the RG3 days, when you would argue, well, uh, RG3, we can't have him run because he's going to get hurt, but you don't really want him as your quarterback if he's just a pocket passer because that's not what he does well. I, he does well getting out of the pocket right. and running. It's if dangerous. he's not doing that running, he's probably not worth being your starting quarterback. You got to use all the strengths, right? And you can't be, you can't play scared. And yeah, I feel, I feel on offense, we've been playing scared. Yeah, I really do. Maybe so. and, and maybe I'm wrong on that. And I'm not the coach, but I'm just telling you the perception I see from there. I feel like we're playing scared. We're playing too conservative, and that that's the you know. I think if if you just open it up a little bit, you definitely beat South Carolina. And I think who knows, App State could have been a different story. Robert uh, tuning in on Facebook Live says he wants to hear old ball coach Joe from the fifth quarter again, one for the decades. Well, Robert, hang on. We're going to talk to Brian Bailey at 3.30 coming up later on this hour. We're going to replay Joe's call from Saturday on the fifth quarter, one of the all-time calls uh, we've ever gotten. He was the and, coach uh, that called in? Well, he, he said Claimed he was the coach. Yeah. And, uh, I meant, I wanted you he to was ask the high-pitched Matt Foley screaming guy. Yeah, he was screaming a lot. I wanted you to ask him what he coached. Yeah, well, we, I, was, I was curious. After five minutes of him screaming, I was about done with Joe. He got you screaming. I saw it was awesome. It was yeah, uh, it got was you hilarious. fired up. We'll, uh, it's we'll, about right in the midpoint of the show too. That was a great. That was no, an epic it was Troy. That was two and a half hours. Was in. it in? Oh, it just yeah. went so fast. That was an exciting show. I got to tell you, really went fast, Troy. It goes a lot faster. I, I realize if you aren't at this table actually working. <laughs> When you can do other things yeah. while you're uh, listening to it. I thought it went by quick. Real fast show. Uh, no, that was a uh, a really funny call, and it gave me a second win. It helped me uh, finish the um, finish the program. Kind of funny, Jonathan brings this up. Dale's day was the best. Well, guess what? Coming up at the end of this hour, I got Dale's phone call coming up, wow. too, where Dale just kind of took us through his day. Yeah, was, yeah that was. I heard that. It was, and nice it was good to hear from Al again. Philly who, who, who caught how ironic who coined the phrase rooster neck rooster neck to billy weaver who was on the show 
I got a bone to pick with Rooster Neck, too. <laughs> a moron was beside me yesterday during the Washington game. What happened? Hey, uh, Go ahead, oh, tell man. me about it. No, I mean, look, I know. nobody cares. I but care. Washington's got it. Fourth and seven at the Chargers' 40-yard line. Uh-huh. Defense giving up long drives all game. Seven minutes left to go. And Ron Rivera punts in their territory to give them the ball back. Do you think that Washington got the ball back? No. They ran the clock out. Rooster neck. Oh, I like the idea to punt there. That's a good call. The defense is going to hold them. Billy, they hadn't stopped them all day. Yeah, but you don't go for it there. You punt. That's what football. Billy goes into I know more football than anybody mode. I'm saying this is you're being a moron, a dinosaur. You're playing 1940s football. It's 2021. Keep up with the times. Washington doesn't touch the damn ball again the rest of the game. And I'm just looking at Weaver the whole time. They're getting all these first downs and the clock's going down. Like, Weaver, did you like to punt? Good idea to punt? Moron. Tell you know what I call this? The the honeymoon's over between Cliff and Weaver. No, I love him on the, the fifth quarter. The bloom is off the rose. It's a completely different world it's when a different we're watching Weaver. a Washington game. Yeah, I know. It's a completely I'm in a different mindset, <laughs> yeah. headspace. Oh, Billy on the fifth quarter is great. He's doing a great job. Love him. Yeah. Fifth quarter Billy's fine. Sunday Billy, he's the worst. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out of here. Did he ever apologize to say you were right? He came around finally and said, you know what? They probably shouldn't have punted there. And I just wanted to punch him in the face. Did he tell you they just need to lower the headgear more? You know, he hadn't dropped that line, I don't think, this year. But no, I enjoyed watching uh, Football Sunday with Chan Man, Billy, uh, Big Daddy, a lot of folks. It was fun. Until it wasn't, Troy. Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, first half tiebreaker, second half AJ. Oh, awesome. Way to support the uh, sponsors. Had a nice cold yeah, Pepsi great. from both, so I gave them both a dollar. You're doing good, by the way. That's yeah, great. doing that. Proud of you. All right. Uh, we don't need to talk about the Bears. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marshall Troy D opened up a 9-10. Let me check it. Uh, I saw 10-point favorite, but I don't know what it is currently. You know, these things are fluid. I was thinking 14. But, uh, were you really? Uh, so I I'm thought 10 was about off. right. I, if I had a guess, I would have put it right at that. I'm so. sure you would have. No, I mean, if you <laughs> asked know, me I beforehand, know. I'll tell you I if I, what I really think. I know. But, and you, were, you called uh, ECU losing last week. I did, unfortunately. You could I said, argue I, I that hope, they should have won that football I, game. I said, I hope I'm wrong. And it was one of those games that could have gone either way. So, that, once again, the odds makers kind of all over this thing. It started at two, went all the way to the two. Kind of, if you right. think about the, yep. the line, it went back and forth. Yep. You know, uh, 10 points is what I'm seeing now. So, yeah. Marshall by 10. So, uh, total sitting at 55. So, again, kind of a lower scoring college football game there. The, and this will be a, this is a true challenge for ECU to go up on the road. You know, this this really first true road game for if you want to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you want to call it really the first true road game for the Pirates this year, we'll see how they handle it. And it's one of those games that so far we'll have some fans there, but it's not going to be like it was in Charlotte. You know, where we have thousands of fans there. Right. It'll be a handful of Pirate fans. A lot but of this, green. This is going to be an away game. There's By the no way, doubt about it. You know, for people that have not followed Marshall, let me get the uh, exact totals here. They have put up some points uh, so far in 2021. Also, we're going to have to discuss how you can watch this game, which is going to confuse the hell out of people all week. And on Saturday, it's going to be confusing people. First of all, Marshall. Oh, this is the Facebook game, isn't it? It is. Oh, geez. Troy D. Marshall has outscored their opponents this year 93-17. to 17. Wow. Who have they played so Now, far? that's Navy, who's really down, who just fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. And North Carolina Central. So Isn't that interesting? Team. Navy fired their offense coordinator two games in. He wasn't running the option well enough. <laughs> hey, what's the next guy going to do? All right, run the option. Yeah, hey, run the option better. Hey, what do you do? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that was a quick move by uh, Kenny Montalolo. Uh, but how about that, Troy? Uh, 93 
to 17. Yeah. And this is their look. This is probably their first real test with ECU coming in, too. So, yeah. You can make an argument. It is their toughest game on the schedule thus far. Yeah. Next week, they go to App. That will actually, that'll be a good game. How about App? Did you see any of their games in Miami? Almost beat Miami. That was a great game. Yeah. How about Florida State? I watched the end of that one. That was what They were up 17 7 with like four minutes to go, the Seminoles were, and lost to Jacksonville State. Unbelievable finish to that game. That's got to be the uh, worst loss in their program history, I would say. And it wasn't really a hail mary. It was it was kind of similar to unfortunately ECU losing to UCF. Yeah, where instead of the ball going up in the air, you got the big pile, a tip drill. Right. It was a long pass play. Ball's caught, and there's two defenders down there, but they just couldn't make the tackle. So receiver runs in, yeah. scores, and it no reminded time. me of the uh, Bears game last night. The first score. Oh, that the Rams I, had. Did where, you see that? Where the defense, the or the defensive backs for the Bears are just watching the guy catch the ball, he's and then right, he falls down. The All they gotta do is tag him, and they just look at him, and then he gets up and runs ten yards in for the score. Yeah, I mean how, they're pros. These are NFL guys. Touch him. All you gotta I do mean, is just go like this, and he's my, down. The guys at, at, at Acock and Epps middle school team are coached better than they know to get him down. Yeah, That's these sad. are NFLers. Sad time. How does that happen? Because the Bears stink. They have poor coaching. I know. I'm with you. Redbeard says it's been, quote, it just happens or unfortunate mistakes or bad breaks forever, and it never ends. It will never end. Well, I don't know if it'll <laughs> it's the life of a football fan. Yeah. Hey, Redbeard. It ain't easy being a pirate, Redbeard. Your Bengals pulled out a win yesterday. Congrats on that. How in the world did that happen in overtime? All right, Troy D., good stuff. Good seeing you. Uh, Tyler's season opener game for uh, – Jag dog football Good today luck. at four. So, Little uh, Monday, late afternoon football. Yeah, rescheduled from last week. So uh, I'll circle back with you later on this week. Oh, good news. I saw the Matt Nagy headline. We definitely need to play better, and that starts with me coaching better. So everything's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, once again, you can't fix the problem unless you recognize it's a problem. <laughs> He's coaching, looking himself in the mirror. His coaching might be a problem. All right. Well, good luck uh, to little TD. Yeah. Hopefully uh, he scores a TD. Yeah, it'd be exciting. And you guys get a win. He did in practice, he said the other day. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later on this week, likely Friday. Yes, I'll be back with you Friday, if not before. And we'll hear your voice later on in the show. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with Holden. We talked to Holden, and uh, you also talked to the linebackers. So yeah, we'll that's right. That great, great conversation with Bruce Bivens and uh, Xavier Smith. All right, good deal, Troy D. We'll uh, take a timeout when we return. Double B, another loser. His Cowboys lost week one. <laughs> it is loser fest here. <laughs> Not on that side of the room. Hey, keep pounding, Chandler. Keep pounding. And then Shirley's Dolphins beat the Patriots week one. So that's the winner's area. Uh, That's over over there. there. That's across the glass. Yeah. Uh, Does that even count? (laughs) It's like being at a club and we're in the VIP section, like just having fun. We didn't make it past the velvet rope. (laughs) You guys are still getting your IDs checked at the door. We're in line. Losers. I'm more paying full cover charge. BB joins us after this timeout. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006. University PC Care are the local tech support experts. For any of your business needs, let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We got folks tuning in. Dan was frustrated Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. He was also frustrated Sunday at FedEx Field. Tony Dunn chiming in. He was at the game. Not uh, not pleased with how the operations were ran. J.J. McLam gave the reasons why it was that way, and uh, it will be rectified moving forward. Mike uh, chiming in, trying to be our Brian Kelly bad joke of the day winner. He <laughs> says, sounds like Navy was looking for another option at offensive coordinator yeah was that supposed to be funny we need to get uh we need to get the start of the uh the who song the scream like they did on um oh yeah yeah, csi miami yeah when horatio would drop one of those lines yep sounds like navy was looking for another option at offensive coordinator (laughs) i actually don't mind that joke it's fine it's a good joke it's pretty i mean it's like but it's a candidate for brian kelly bad joke of the day hey well hey, I, 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 oh, like well, execution you don't right? think it was funny hey i'm hilarious come on I'm, I'm, I'm funny it's I, all I about the delivery t- almost lost to toledo this weekend delivery bud delivery as bram anderson would say you're not that guy pal trust me you're not that guy all right our loss is your gain listeners we're gonna try to uh steve says call him first we were going to try to talk to brian bailey this segment he's not answering the phone so you know what that means that means we get to hear joe again yes and by the way parker bunch bringing us back into the show made me realize i need to re-air his call if we don't get to that today we'll do that tomorrow parker bunch had a great call into the fifth quarter he's not going viral or hitting dingers or calling into the fifth quarter uh post game show um get it out Chandler. let's go that's it okay all right so this is joe i can't remember where he's from because the previous caller on the line uh dropped so instead of saying joe from so and so we just said joe you're up so i can't remember where he's from he called from Shirley. uh he had a a rough start to his call he just about got ran for saying nuts um but we let him go his voice kept getting louder and higher pitched and he turned into Matt Foley, the Chris Farley character from Saturday Night Live, the guy you know living in a van down by the river. He started uh, screaming, high pitched. Stephen Igloo, Sally from the Soup Kitchen, <laughs> and by the end of it, he had me screaming back at him, just like he was screaming. And it just made for an all timer. It was at the point in the show, Shirley had a headache; she wasn't having putting up with much. I was uh, pretty much done, but. I think I was at that delirious point. Oh, yeah. And it, like, got me right back into things. It, it fired me back up. So here is Joe from Saturday's edition of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Joe is up. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going, fellas? All right. Hey, uh, so I just got a few things to say. One, when are we going to stop riding the hometown kid's nuts? He's terrible. I'm tired of it. He can't make a read past the first one. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Who's, are, are we riding? Who's riding? Are nuts? we riding it? Everybody's no. I'm not. Not y'all in particular. I'm just talking about you go on HTC two four seven. You listen to Steven Igloo. He's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guy doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. 
right, number two, okay? Donnie Patrick fired yesterday, all right? We fired Houston's first defense coordinator. We need to fire the damn first offense coordinator. Number three, all right? Listen to me now. If you want to save some money, because I know we're floundering for money around. Ain't no one showing up to a damn game playing at Pittsburgh. Forest Field. I mean, he's the damn head coach. I'll go out there, and I can coach a bunch of guys to run the ball twice and throw it on third down. That ain't freaking ingenuity. I know. Well, that's everybody on this post-game show can go out there and run this quarter, this yeah. this team. Everybody can. That's why they're calling in. You can hire a dad on Saturday from the soup kitchen to go out there and <laughs> What kind of language are you talking? Well, look, about? Sally from the soup kitchen. I don't was, know, but I was like the, it. Sally from the soup kitchen was in the concession stand running out of hot dogs. And I got one more question for you. You hadn't asked the question yet. I know. In the fourth quarter, with about thirty seconds left, when they shifted and they shifted right, and they created about two more gaps on the right side of their offensive line, and we sat there with our thumb up our ass. What in the hell is our defensive coordinator thinking? Well, oh, they create two more gaps? I think we're okay. We only got two guys over here to cover about seven damn gaps. I mean, what the hell are you thinking? Wait a minute, Joe. Are you, are you, get, are you getting on the, the defense now? Well, Blake Harrell's name is... Yeah, no, the defense played great. Don't, I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming them. Because the defense only gave up 10 points. Now, now I know. No, no, seven, I'm blaming the coach. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me tell you where we get 10 points from, too, because seven points obviously was on the pick six. And then you give up a 65-yard kickoff return on special teams, which set up an easy field goal after a three and out from there. So, I, in my opinion, the defense only gave up 10 points to an SEC team. I'm good with them. You're exactly, you're exactly right. I'm not blaming the players. Okay. The players played great on defense. I am blaming the coach. You call a timeout with 30 seconds left, and we save it to ice the kicker inside the 20-yard line? Are you freaking kidding me? Damn, that's a damn extra point at that point. Look, they shifted two guys to the right. They created two more gaps on the right side of the field, and I coached football. Look, I'd have called a damn timeout. I'd be like, hey, guys, we're not going to put two players to cover seven damn gaps. We're going to shift right when they do. And you know what our defensive coordinator did? He said, well, dang on to Houston. I think we're a bunch of freaking dumbasses. <laughs> Joe, I got a question for you. We got a tough schedule coming up, Joe. How are we going to go to Marshall win a football game when we can't win a game here at home? <laughs> Wait till Marshall gets a hold of us and whoops our damn ass. And then what are we doing against Charleston Southern? What are we giving up so many gaps on defense? What are we going to do when we play Charleston Southern? <laughs> Charleston Southern might whoop our ass, too. <laughs> Joe. Charleston Southern's going to kick our ass right in Downey Finkley Stadium. Joe, you made me smile, man. <laughs> five-star recruit about what? four times in a row. What? He's the only good player on their entire damn season. We're going to run out of every uh, play. We, we got to go, Joe. Yeah. But that was, a, that was a great call, man. You gave us new life. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Holy wow. crap. <laughs> Joe. And then, and then he threw Is there a, a doctor near Joe? He might need one. And then he... St- he, he threw a Stephen Igloo in there. Stephen Igloo. Don't know what the hell. <laughs> he don't he know a damn about. thing. <laughs> oh man, that got me fired up. That gave me a second wind. Joe, I can tell he's a football coach. Yeah. I would hate to be on the wrong side of a you know misplay for him because I bet he. Would I be mean, his, let's be honest. His team was probably zero and eight, but damn if he didn't give good speeches. <laughs> hey, and they were all eight years old too. He but got, he got the boys. <laughs> we're gonna lock the gates and throw away the key. <laughs> How are we going to lose to the Winterville Cowboys? We can't even beat the Winterville Chiefs. <laughs> There's Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, his voice got so different from his first, hey, guys, how's it going? To, 
Oh, you're freaking dumbass! Like his voice changed throughout the call. Yeah, it uh, it progressed and it, it escalated quickly. It, it was like a gradual puberty change. Yeah. Well, he said something, and you can start hearing his voice starting to get more aggressive. And then, and then Billy said something, and then after that, he's like, "You can put Sally from the soup kitchen in there and coach the game or something." And I'm like, "Gee," or the be the quarterback. And I was like, "Geez," I said, "Well, this guy here he goes," and it was. Four minute, that was a four-minute audio. As Billy's talking, and as I'm, even as I'm doing my Joe impression, you can hear him in the background going, <laughs> like just yelling, rattling off stuff. He, he yeah. didn't. He's not much of a listener. He is more of a getting his point across. Uh, you know, yeah. the funny thing is, and I'll get this call because that's probably Bailey. It, I hope it's Joe. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the funny thing is, is that while it gave Clips second win, and he was dying laughing in his chair, I was on the other side of the glass going. Yeah, I, I remember looking at Shirley. And, <laughs> I was I was done. I had a massive headache, and I was just so all the screaming did not help because you know I have to wear my headphones, and all that screaming doesn't help. Jonathan said he was the Peter Brady of fifth quarter calls. I, he's he's Matt Foley in a van down by the river. That was uh that was a classic. We'll uh we'll hear from uh from Dale coming up in a little bit. Dale. Uh, Dale ran through his day. It's a new segment. Dale's day. Dale's, Dale's day. day. Lines were long. Hot yeah. dogs ran out. Dale's Beautiful day. Beautiful weather. Had a good time. In fact, Shirley, if that's not Bailey, can we get Dale now? Or is that Bailey? I'm getting the one sign. And not the middle finger, the index finger. Let's, I don't know. Okay. Can we get a... So, I just... Before we go to Dale's call, that was uh, UPS Joe, and he said he wanted to clarify that this... That the Joe phone call that we just played (laughs) was not UPS Joe. I I knew that. Because... But, yeah, we should clarify. He said, because... And I quote, I am the most famous Joe from the fifth quarter, end quote. Okay. So, that... He wanted to make sure that I clarified that that was not UPS Joe. That was Joe from somewhere else. Uh, that course. was FedEx, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they got me working for FedEx, slinging boxes on porches, and I can only turn left. That, of course, was not uh, UPS Joe, who has logged many phone calls in, and uh, we uh, respect him and hope to hear from Yelling Joe down by the river, He was the, the one river, that Joe. said, are you listening, Cecil? No, that was, that was Kyle was that McGrain. Oh, that was Kyle. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh all right i just thought of an idea like know your fifth quarter callers a new trivia show here on pirate radio oh god uh rich says if we uh <laughs> we need to mix in some uh jeff charles yelling rick flair <laughs> <in the Joe's laughs> call. sally from the soup kitchen rick, rick flair, flair. Woo! oh my god we are all gonna go dustin com- rose completely insane by the end of this football season we yep. need a win very soon all right, this is uh, a much different call, a much more mild-mannered, matter-of-fact call, and uh, kind of led to an idea that I want this guy to call in every week and just tell us about his day, kind of a running diary of Dale's day. So uh, let's hear Dale's call from Saturday. Jay, Jeff, Kevin, hang on. Let's go to Dale in Greenville next. Hey, Dale. Hey, hey, man. How y'all doing? All right. All right. Uh, I was at the game, and... Um... It's an excellent. It's the first game that I've been to in many years, uh, a few years. I've been to many games, but uh, it's awesome to go there. It was an awesome experience. I'm glad I went. Oh my god! But um, and our defense played really great. 
Okay. Dale? Did we lose him? Defense played, our defense played really great. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, um, an offense, uh, really good. I've lost my radio feed. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, um, it was a good game. Like I say, uh, I had a second row seat, um, and uh, it was an awesome experience. And I had a good time. And but uh, only one thing about the concession stands, it took a really long time to to get uh, any kind of a drink or anything or a hot dog, and then they ran out of hot dogs. And, but anyway, I just want to uh, say that I had a great time in the game. Other than that, but go Pirates! All right, Dale. All right, Dale. Thanks for the call, and please call back every week. I, I like that call. It was like Dale's personal day and how it went. That's he all. had a good time. Yeah. Took a way too long at the concession stand to ran get a out hot, hot dog. Dogs. They ran out of hot dogs. get a drink. They ran out of hot that's dogs. That's right. That's right. Still had a good time. I there like you, you know what? Had, hey, that's positivity all around right there. You know what? I'm just hoping that that positivity for Pirate Nation stays throughout the year because, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to need it if they're not going to get these wins. Because yeah. like like we'd mentioned earlier, you got to get wins to keep uh, fans in the stands to be able to keep running out of hot dogs. Dale, uh, let's do a new segment every home game. Call in and tell us about Dale's day. Dale's day. That's awesome. Dale's day right here on the fifth quarter. I like it. Dale's weather day. was nice. Yeah. Great weather. Can we Can we do like... Had a, a lovely drive-in. I love my view from my seat. Can we do like a Wayne's World? Dale's like a, day. Dale's day. Dale's, Dale's day. day. Excellent. Party time. Great day. It's Dale's day. Ran out of hot dogs. <laughs> long, long lines. Long, long lines. Line. Dale's day. Steve Hill on Facebook Live says, did some laundry, bought some milk, watched some Netflix and chilled, drank a beer, took a nap, made a long-ass football ranting, calling to Pirate Radio. I want that. It's like his personal diary. Just bring it. What did you do at this time? What did you do at this time? Dale's Day. New segment on the show. I like it. Every week. I, you couldn't see me in here, but I was dying <laughs> laughing. Because, <laughs> like, this guy... And I mean, is you had each end of the spectrum with Joe, and then you had Dale. I had a good day, and uh, he was so calm about the you know the concession uh, struggles. He was we like, joke about how like, and people call in and like this is like therapy, but that did feel like he was just talking to his therapist. Like, yeah, Dale, what did you? How was your day? He's today? like sitting in the like well, on the couch thing, and I was like, in the well, second row, and I, I had a good seat. It, it was a long line, and, and uh, I ran out of hot dogs. Glad they didn't run out of beer. I mean, it did take me 45 minutes to get my beer. And Defense I missed, played well. I missed majority of the second half. Lost my radio feed. Yeah. Go Pirates. <laughs> and ends with a Go Pirates. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dale. Oh, man. Oh, that was just two of – I didn't even do a big calls this week. I, I knew we were going to get Joe and Dale, and I didn't even uh, go through the tra- – I might do a big calls for Tuesday. Uh, That's will- a lot of calls because I keep a count – of the calls that we actually took, I don't even count the ones that end up dropping. I just take, I keep a, a log of how many calls we ke- we actually that make it on the air. Thirty five phone calls in three hours and twenty minutes. Wow! And uh, kudos to Pirate Nation. They were upset. They were pissed. <laughs> but um, we didn't have to like flag anybody no cuss words i mean joe towed the, he said a lot of cuss oh, words I was but not the bad cuss it. words yeah he really towed the line 
the problem i like i couldn't cut them like if shirley cut them okay that's fine i wasn't going to cut them because i was cracking up uh, like the higher pitches i could not stop laughing and i wanted him to continue on forever yeah i mean at that point you know it's i i am okay if you're upset and you want to fuss and and you know get it off your chest as long as you are not disrespectful to any of the hosts or the producer the producers <laughs> i thought you were gonna leave out chandler uh, sorry chandler i'm not used to you being <laughs> and you tell honeycut <laughs> <laughs> producers to turn his mic down yeah and uh as long as you're not ugly to us and you don't curse i'm fine the second you curse or if you act like a blithering idiot because you've had one too many i'm gonna cut you off yeah we don't because we don't have time for that we have other coherent calls we'd like to get to (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, mean i even count that as a coherent because he was coherent for the most part he was just upset i mean look i went out I, i tweeted sunday um that if you see me at aj's or tiebreakers just please don't talk to me about east carolina like i'm not trying to be a a, a butthole or anything but like this is my one day off let's just like watch nfl have fun and i tweeted that out and like the first four people i saw at tiebreakers wanted to talk about the game and it's fine i get i mean but that shows you like pirate fans are still locked in engaged upset and i love it I, we had I, again the calls were not positive or fun because the game was not good but um, we had a great show for what it is, a, a great reactionary show. If they win, I hope we have that same kind of show where people are calling in, we're talking junk, we're making jokes on the other team. Like, that's what I really want to happen. But uh, the football team has to do their part for that something like that to happen. But I guess what I'm trying to say is thank you, Pirate Nation, for a uh, fun Saturday. Had a blast on the uh, pregame show. And your uh your calls made for a great uh post-game calling show and the best part about it is because as you mentioned the fans are still engaged there's no apathy that has set in yet and that's something that we experienced a few years ago when scotty mo was here so we the last thing we want is apathy yeah so if you're calling in you're upset and you're fussing yeah that you know it's a lot to take in but at the same time you still show that you care and that's all that matters all right, Shirley, uh, we need to take a break and wrap up. Uh, we owe you a couple breaks this hour, so this is going to be yeah, interesting. That's... We're already behind. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Uh, but we'll come back. We'll have more on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Still got a lot of players to get to. Tyler Sneed, DJ Ford, Holden Naylor, CJ Johnson, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, all that, and a lot more coming up on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. I have an NFL recap for you coming up 
In just a moment, also, we will hear from Tyler Sneed, DJ Ford, Holton Aylers, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, CJ Johnson, all coming up later on in today's program. Right now, we'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to Double B, Brian Bailey. Uh, great Brian Bailey show earlier today. Pirates legend Robert Jones uh, joined Double B on the show. And uh, you can hear Zay's team playing tonight on Pirate Radio. It'll be the Raiders and the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Bailey, welcome in. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Brian. Uh, we got a ton of calls Saturday on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show, and none of them were complaining about the defensive effort from East Carolina on Saturday. We can start there. Uh, really turned it around from week one to week two, the way they were able to stop South Carolina uh, for the most part, from running the football, their quarterback, uh, let's face it, the, that Nolan guy just really struggling at QB. And East Carolina played more than well enough to win that game defensively on uh, Saturday. Yeah, they did. And, and, you know, hats off to Blake Carroll, hats off to the defense. They really played their hearts out. And, you know, it's just a shame when you get through a, a game like that when, you know, you, you don't have anything to show for it. But they don't. I mean, they, they, they lost the game. And, uh, it was, you know, you talk about winnable games. That certainly was a winnable game, and, and probably you look back on it, a game the Pirates should have won. I mean, if there's so many plays that that you know could have gone a different route, uh, I still think that the interception right before the half was just the, the backbreaker. And you look at that thing, and you know, as Coach, you know, Houston said afterwards, that if, if it's completed, it could have been a big play for the Pirates, and it could have been. I watched the film when I got back just to to look at it again, watch the tape, and. Uh, just one of those things. It, it's almost like it's a team stake bit or something. And Bailey, yeah, on that offensive side, I mean, you can and and we heard blame pointed all around, and you, you can start at the top with, with Donnie Kirkpatrick. He's not doing his job as offensive coordinator. We got calls on Holden Aylers. He needs to be benched. Bring in another quarterback. Uh, the O line is not doing their part and uh, giving Holden enough time. The receivers keep dropping the ball. Uh, Rajay uh, on that play. Should have called that pass. It was on him. Maybe came in hot. Should have caught. Like I mean, really, you could go any way you want to on the offense and say there are issues, and and they are whoever, whichever item you point out is correct right now because seventy seven passing yards from your your starting quarterback uh, in twenty twenty one, two interceptions. I mean, that's just that's not even close to to going to be able to get it done in uh, college football these days. No, not when your wide receiver threw for seventy five. <laughs> I mean, he almost caught him with one one shot. You know, I don't know how much of that is is is, is with Donnie's play calling, whether you know it's just I, I can't put my finger on it. And I've been trying to really hard because I'm trying to figure out the thing. I think they're trying to figure out the same thing. But we watched this offense last year and we saw how brilliant it is at times. You know, the SMU game popping up but you, know, you think about the up tempo deal and how they were flipping around the barnyard and they run the brand the ball well. I mean, and I just don't I don't get what's happening right now because everybody said the offensive line was better. You know, Holt Nails has another year under his belt. I do think the line played better from week one to week two uh, overall, Bailey. But yeah, you know, still a lot of improvement can be done. Right, and and on the play that we're talking about, the interception right before the half. I mean, you're up fourteen to nothing. The worst case scenario you want it to be is fourteen to nothing at the half. Yeah, uh, somebody came through untouched. Now I know it's a screen pass, but you got to have a, a little bit of time to set things up, and that's what really shook everything up. Guys coming right at, 
zips it a little, maybe a little too hard. Still probably should have been caught. Ball pops up, accepted, <clears throat> back for a touchdown. And, and I think, you know, as, as if you're watching up East Carolina football, like, oh, that's not good. You know, yeah. And you're thinking about this second half to come. Uh, it's just one of those, you know, and I heard some of the complaints too, and I'm not sure. I, I think some people get on the, on the radio just to hear themselves speak sometimes. But, uh, it, you know, some of the things they were complaining about, like the timeouts at the end of the game, they were in an awkward position because it didn't matter what they did. It wasn't going to work when South Carolina had the ball down there. I thought well, what Coach Houston did, he used one of them to call a timeout and used the other one to try to ice the kicker. But I don't know what else you do with the clock winding down like that and with South Carolina with timeout. Well, Bailey, if you want to dissect every call, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. So, yeah. I like to just let people say what they're going to say and move on to the next one for the most part. Except for Joe. I had to scream back at Joe a little bit. I think, I think some of it was you know yelling and screaming. and yeah. Maybe that was the alcohol. Well, I don't know. But you know, I, I don't know how, if, it, if it's going to improve the Pirates' chances of winning a game. Which they have a tough one this week against Marshall. We yeah. all knew that coming in. It's going to be difficult. Well, I was going to bring that up next, Bailey. We've seen really good Pirate teams go to Huntington and get stomped. And Chandler was saying it uh, a moment ago. He's got nightmares about ECU going to Marshall. For whatever reason, Bailey, we've we played them well here. We've uh, we've beat them here. But it's been tougher to get those wins at Marshall and it always seemed like they were kind of late in the year, last game of the season. I remember one in particular had a chance to win the eastern side of Conference USA, go to the championship, and I want to say it was Rakeem Cato and the guys that day just stomped the Pirates. So well, I guess my point is we've seen really good teams go there and lose, and now we got a struggling team that's going there, and Marshall has put up 94 points in two games so far this season, Bailey. Yeah, and I was really impressed with the Navy game because I, I still think that Navy's a difficult team to prepare for, although they had all summer to prepare. And obviously they did a great job with their preparation for the uh, the midshipmen. But to, to win that game like that, and Navy's down this year. And, you know, uh, and that's one of the teams on the Pirates schedule that you look at and say, hey, you know, that's a, that's a good shot for a win. But, you know, a team like Navy's looking at East Carolina right now and saying, hey, that's a good chance for us to get a win. So, you know, that's a little tit for tat, but I, I like the way that, you know, Marshall went about its business there and they came back against the team that they should be probably in, in Central. So uh, they're 2 and 0. Maybe they'll overlook East Carolina. Pirates go in there and, you know, they've got to make some changes, obviously. And we'll report from Coach Houston tomorrow at his news conference to see what those you know, changes are going to be. But they all know that the offense is not, you know, not clicking at all. I mean, it's not like it's, it's hard to see because uh, this is an offense that, that, you know, has all the weapons. I mean, you know, you got Keith Mitchell back there, and you've got Rajay, and we got to get him loose somehow, running the football like they did last year. we got receivers that, you know, Tyler Schnee, we got to get into football. I really thought the first play of the game, because I had just said on the pregame show that they got to get the ball to Tyler Schnee more, and they, they're going to run a jet sweep or two. And they, they start to run out. Yeah. How brilliant am I? They're running a jet sweep. And then they threw that pass. And I, I kind of laughed. I saw the ball flying through the air, and then, when your thigh ran under it, uh, it was it was a great, well executed play. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too, Bailey. Since you're the new OC, uh, Jonathan on Facebook Live, we at Troy and I were talking in hour one, and Jonathan t- asked me to ask you if he if you agree with our sentiment, and, and Troy really brought it up that you got to if you're Donnie Kirkpatrick. Not be as conservative, open up the playbook, and really, at the end of the day, what we mean by that is let Holton run, get out of the pocket, not be so such a statue there uh, in the pocket, and get him out running. I guess that's the basic question. Do you agree that we need to see Holton Naylor's running the football more? 
Well, I, I think the mindset is we don't want to get him hurt, but I think at the point this point now, that that's that's his uh, the most effective offense that we have with Holton quarterbacking is when he's running around and causing havoc, and when he's running the ball and when he's scrambling and when he's doing some of the things that he's such a great athlete. And I think that some of this offense right now is him having to think too much, and I think he does a better job when he's not having to think. He's just out there reacting, and I think that. And maybe that's what they've got to look at and see, you know, if, if that helps. I mean, obviously, as we said, you know, when fans get down on the coordinator and down on the quarterback, I mean, I can tell you, I know both of them personally, and, and both of them are probably hurting more than they'll ever know, and they want to turn this thing around. It's not like they're walking around saying, well, you know, it's no big deal, because they know what a big deal it is. They both do. So, and I'm hoping that, that we'll see differences coming up this week, because they're both outstanding men, and, and I think they can get the job done. Brian Bailey joining us. Cowboys lost Thursday. Pirates lose Saturday. Washington loses Sunday. We need uh, we need some winning to go on here, Bailey. Well, at least thirty three percent of that was something I was hoping for. Hey, your team's only one game out of first place in the East. It's not bad. That's right. That's right. But you know, I watch your old Washington football team. Do I? Uh, I I'm not happy with Ron Rivera right now. Love him as a man. I like him as a coach. But when he punted the ball in their territory yesterday, Bailey, I had my eyes literally turn, you know, red. I just I became some sort of football watching demon. I was angry, ill as a snake. Well, and the the best part about the whole thing is though that you're getting a chance to watch football. And I was at tiebreakers late in the afternoon. It was packed. I mean, it's so much fun when all the TVs are on and you got fantasy and you got all the games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, when your wife says, "Bella, can I sit on that side so I can see the game?" <laughs> I mean, what more? What more do you want in life than that? Bailey, they say good things happen to good people, and uh, and it really worked out for you here your second time around, didn't it? Oh yeah, it most certainly did. Yeah, it, it really did. It's been it's been great with uh, with B. We've got a big fundraiser tomorrow night uh, for Awaken Coffee. You'll hear a lot more about that coming up, but. Uh, Melissa and Bella are my dates for that, so that'll be fun to get a chance to MC. This is the first time I've MC'd something in about two years. How about that? Yeah, and you are uh, the go-to MC around these parts. Uh, have fun with that, Double B. I know you enjoyed too. Uh, you were you were really fanboying. I got to say earlier today talking to Robert Jones, but yeah, I, I love old Robert. He cracks <laughs> me up anyway. But you told him about your new uh, Robert Jones autographed jersey in the man cave. I wanted him to say. Brian, you know what I got in my man cave? A picture of Brian Bailey holding a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't think he has one of those. Maybe you should send him one. He should have. Send him a headshot, autograph, Bailey. Nah, he's uh, he, he's been a. It's funny because I remember that day when he was drafted, and the Cowboys, you know, the rumor was they were going to go after a linebacker. He was one of the ones they were looking at, and that was before the draft is what it is now. I was going to ask you, how the hell did you hear about a rumor in the early '90s about the draft? Like there was no internet, no nothing. Who, how's that happening? There was some smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of said, but but it was you know reading some of the, the columns and stuff. And yeah, it, you're right. It was no internet. It was it was more more or less you know some of the commentary that was on uh, ESPN and stuff like that. Yeah, but it wasn't like it is now where it's a big presentation on on that first night. It was more. I think it was on a Saturday. It started at noon and just went most of the day. And I remember getting up with him and and I, I was like, "Man, we're gonna get him to sign. This is awesome." And I had a brand new license plate with a cowboy helmet on it. I thought, get him to sign this. I had no idea that 30 years later I'd still have the thing. 
And uh, the legacy rolls on uh, tonight. Uh, Zay Jones playing with the Raiders. And Chandler, can you do your Gruden real quick? You were really doing it great during the Brian Bailey show earlier today. Sorry to put you on the spot, but could you tell me about... It's probably not going to be as good. I know, but just tell me a little bit about Zay Jones and uh, your expectations for tonight. i tell you what, man. This Zay Jones, man. He ran a 4-8 when he got to East Carolina, and by the time he got out of there, man, he ran a 4-4-40, man. What do you think, Bailey? Uh, Coach Grude, what if you had Robert Jones playing linebacker? How cool would that be? That'd be really cool, man. <laughs> I'd probably win more Super Bowls if I had Robert Jones, man. The good football player. He loves football. It does. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Coach. Coach, could you be on the Brian Bailey show next week? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> if y'all lose tonight, you can uh, you can jump on next week. You'd be like Donnie K. Bailey calls him after every loss. So yeah. All right, BB. Are you going? I guess you're. Uh, are you going to Huntington? Uh, yes. Yes. All right. On the trip. We'll talk to you live uh, from there on Saturday. We'll be in Huntington. So. I don't know what we'll be doing video-wise, but we'll figure something out. Oh, yeah. You'll always figure it. You're freestyling it well. You did, you've done a great job with our uh, social media videos thus far. So, uh, high expectations for week three, Bailey. We'll see you in Huntington. All right, man. There is Brian Bailey joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line. Let's take a timeout, come back. We'll have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We'll have a full NFL recap for you. We'll uh, have a quick blurb on each game that was played. Uh, give some thoughts. Also, uh, some great sounds. Great soundbite from James Winston, who has got to be one of the most like oblivious. Just, I don't want to say anything insulting. Blissfully unaware. Blissfully unaware. Just kind of happy, simple. Going through life, whistling, walking down the road while there's fires going on around him. Uh, another great Jameis Winston quote after yesterday's win. They put the beat down on the Packers. We'll recap week one when we return after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about the current real estate market or do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with Remax and SD Harris Properties can help answer any question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Scotty. I watched uh, the Austin Powers movies recently. Okay. Uh, they, they still kind of hold up. Did Mike McCarthy come to your house and force you to watch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> force you to watch he it. asked me if I'd ever heard of Mooji. <laughs> And See, I Clip said, Rock, you've lost your mojo, man. Mike, you are the uh, second worst coach in the NFC East. I'm still upset with Ron Rivera right now, okay? I'll get over it. I like Ron Rivera. He's a great man. But God. You so know, the riverboat gambler is officially grounded for the moment? Yeah. There's no gambling. There was no gambling. We're going to play right. football like it was meant to be played in 1902 and punt. <laughs> Panthers it, punted on uh, – 
their opponent's 33-yard line yesterday. Uh, that's awful. That Does that not make you angry? Yes, but we won. What was it? Fourth and what? Uh, four, I mean, it was a standard down. God. Well, that also, you don't trust your kicker. We would have kicked a field goal in that right. situation. Yeah. So All right. Anyway, so. let's move on and talk NFL. We need. Uh, we can't get flagged by YouTube, so we can't run any cool NFL films or primetime music. So I need to get like, maybe I can do my own like dun, 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 dun. We could do our own and play it in the background next week. All right, let's get to it. Eagles thirty-two, Falcons six. Jalen Hurts two hundred sixty-four yards, three touchdowns. Had a good day running the football as well. And I did not watch a lot of this one. I know Devontae Smith had a touchdown. The uh, the rookie from Bama did. And also, uh, the Falcons went down the field like to start the game a couple times and ended with field goals. Their red zone woes continue, mm. uh, as that has been an issue for them pretty much the entire Matt Ryan era. Uh, they get two field goals, and that's it. And Eagles are on top of the NFC East after one week. Only team in that division to win surprise in buffalo the bills were up 10 nothing at the half big second half from pittsburgh had a block punt for a touchdown deontay johnson probably had the uh touchdown catch of the day in the back of the end zone ben roethlisberger not a great day statistically but they pick up the win over buffalo it was a uh, nice win by pittsburgh uh how about the uh the Bengals? this was a wild one i, I watched all the highlights of this one last night because I wanted to, to see what exactly happened. The Bengals blew a big lead. It was a, uh, a fantasy fest in this one. Kirk Cousins, 351, two touchdowns. Joe Burrow, 261, two touchdowns. By the way, uh, Jamar Chase can still catch a football. Five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown in his NFL debut. The Bengals are fun, man. I don't know how many games they're going to win, but with Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, 127 rushing yards and a touchdown. They have a a really formidable offense that's only going to get better as the year goes on and only going to get better as the years go on. And if they have some type of defense, could be a a playoff factor here, maybe starting next year. I don't think this year, but but pretty soon. Hmm. What do you think? I, I like that, and I'm sure Redbeard likes hearing that too. I'm sure he's going to well, have something to say on Twitter. There's no way he believes that any of that's possible, but they uh, – on paper and then on the field yesterday they're they, they're fun to watch on offense yeah they definitely have the weapons to be explosive on offense we saw that yesterday with you know joe burrow connecting with jamar chase just like old times in baton rouge so uh expect to see that a lot more uh this season all right so we were watching remember chandler early on the uh 49ers lines game we were very confused at the trey lance garoppolo yes. deal and I'm still confused because now looking back at it, Jimmy G, 17 to 25, 314 and a touchdown. Trey Lance, we, we saw his only play. He was one for one with a five yard touchdown pass, and that's it. Uh, he did run the ball three times for two yards, uh, but they did get the rookie in. He threw a touchdown, maybe just giving him some uh, confidence or whatever. But I do feel like I should raise awareness for this game because i gave up on it and didn't realize until about three hours after it was finished that this game went down to the wire why was i unaware of this because i cut it off or i stopped watching it when there was two minutes left and it was 41 to 17 how in the world did this game come down to the final play because the Lions scored a touchdown 
got an onside kick, scored another touchdown, did not get the onside kick, but the Niners fumbled the ball a few plays later. So Jared Goff and the Lions had the ball in Niners territory with an opportunity to tie, and all the fans had left Detroit 41 to 17 with two minutes left. Your win probability is zero at that point. They had a chance to actually tie the game, send it into overtime, but the Niners hang on. I mean, Shanahan and the Niners can't be happy with the way that game finished. Uh, the Lions were dreadful for a while, but uh, put up some monster fantasy numbers. If you have Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, uh, furious comeback, but it comes up short, and the 49ers are 1 and up. Uh, Lions, are they the worst team in the NFL, Chandler? They have potential. But they're not. The worst team in the NFL resides in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. We have to retire the poor David Culley. David freaking Culley gets a win in his first game as a head coach as Tyrod Taylor and the Texans put it on the Jags. This is the first regular season loss for Trevor Lawrence in high school, college, and now the NFL. The first one of his entire career. He's never lost a regular season game until yesterday. Not bad if you had him in fantasy. 332, three touchdowns, did have three interceptions in the game. But uh, the Houston Texans and their no-name team, well, they have some no-names, and then they have guys that were good seven years ago. Mark Ingram won a Heisman Trophy in 2009? Yeah. It's 2021. He had 85 yards and a touchdown. Philip Lindsay had 25 yards. David Johnson was involved in the passing game at three catches and a touchdown. So they have a bunch of old running backs. Brandon Cooks is a good player. He had five catches, 132 yards. Who needs Deshaun Watson? The Texans knock off the Jaguars on Sunday to get to 1-0. and uh, I was expecting a lot more out of the Tennessee Titans, but with mm. the Titans, I've always picked their games wrong, and I picked this one wrong. 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 Something was wrong. Wrong. They got blown out by the Arizona Cardinals. Calamari. Uh, Calamari. Wrong. Okay, Calamari. 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 Four touchdowns, uh, also ran the ball for 20 yards and a touchdown. Five total for Murray. DeAndre Hopkins had two scores. Christian Kirk had two. Rondell Moore, Chase Evans. They have a ton of weapons there in Arizona. Tennessee has a ton of weapons, but Derrick Henry didn't get going. Ryan Tannehill, bad game for him. And uh, the Titans looked bad yesterday. Can I tell you about the defense for the Cardinals? Uh, Chandler Jones, first of all, great name. Uh, had five, I think he had five sacks, five sacks. yesterday. Yeah, uh, playing All Pro left tackle Taylor Lewan, and Taylor Lewan went to Twitter and basically admitted that he got his ass whooped all all day long. Uh, Chandler, uh, and then also JJ Watt, the new Cardinal, uh, was uh, stopping the run up the middle. So the Tennessee Titans, with all that the, those skills on on the offensive side of the ball, were not able to do anything yesterday. And uh, you know the Tennessee Titans, you know their weakness is their defense, and we've seen that yesterday. Kyler Murray, I, I, I was only able to watch their highlights. Um, I was so invested into the Panthers game yesterday, but. Uh, Kyler Murray had so many times like yesterday where he was able to escape and just make plays and buy time in the pocket and just run around 
like the mighty mouse that he is and make plays. And, man, what a show he put on for the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks took it to the Colts. Hopefully you invested in some Seahawks in fantasy because Russell Wilson had four touchdowns, Chris Carson over 100 total yards, Lockett touchdown, DK Metcalf touchdown. All the stars uh, came out and performed in the 28-16 Seahawks win over the Colts. I've already talked about my football team. Um, The bearded nerd Fitzpatrick goes down early. Heineke comes in, gives him a spark. Heineke! I, I like him at quarterback. Played well. Heineke! Really, the issue... Look, the, Washington got a ton of breaks in this game. Uh, Chargers had some bad calls go against them. Especially the... the They called a uh, fumble on a Herbert pass where, yeah, the ball was hit by Montez Sweat, but they ruled that a touchback and Washington got a break there. Uh, biggest play of the game was Antonio Gibson, who had a pretty good game, 90 rushing yards, but he fumbles... Uh, right around the Chargers goal line they're able to score take the lead and end up winning and Washington helped them out by punting the ball in Chargers territory with seven minutes left to go and never got the ball again because Ron Rivera coached like a coward Panthers beat the Jets 19 to 14 Chandler was pretty sweet to see Sam Darnold hook up with Robbie Anderson on a deep ball yeah uh, it was an ugly win yesterday for the Panthers, but in the National Football League, you'll take a win any given Sunday, and the Panthers did just that yesterday. Uh, Jets are going to struggle this year, I believe, defensively, of course, and Zach Wilson's going to have his mistakes. I thought he looked pretty good yesterday, but I was very excited to see Sam Darnold in a regular season action, and I uh, really enjoyed his pocket presence yesterday for the Panthers. It seemed like he was very comfortable in the pocket, but that tells you a lot about the offensive line and the great job that I think they did yesterday. I mean, yeah, they got to him a few times, and got sacks on Sam Darnold, but I feel like majority of the time he was able to sit in the pocket, find his open receivers. A lot of it was Christian McCaffrey uh, in the first half. We had talked about it in the offseason of reducing his role. We went out and uh, drafted Chuba Hubbard, but, I mean, it was the Christian McCaffrey show for the first, like, quarter and a half of the game. Uh, but the Panthers defensively look really good. That's a young defense. Uh, Brian Bird's getting in there with a sack. We got Hassan Reddick from the Cardinals last year who had like 12 and a half, 13 and a half sacks last year for Arizona. He got a sack. Yuder Grossmotos looked good. Jets are bad offensively right now with what they got going on, but the Panthers defense did look impressive. Like They were attacking but yesterday. was very excited about yeah. our defense yesterday. Dante Jackson, who I said earlier uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show about – how he needs to improve not just about the performance-wise but also as a leader and a maturation standpoint as well. J.C. Horn, I kept talking to my roommate. He went out and watched football with me yesterday. I said, I haven't seen or heard J.C. Horn's name uh, all game long. And he goes, well, that's probably a good thing. I think I saw where he was was targeted three times yesterday and only gave up one catch, and that one catch was to Corey Davis for a touchdown late in the game. So – uh, the Panthers, the youngest team in the league, look really good, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And I'm really liking how Sam Darnold is uh, looking as well. We have the Saints next week who throttled the Packers. So we'll see how we can do against uh, famous Jameis next week. Scott, our uh, Maryland listener, says Cam Newton is going to come to D.C. For, for what? To visit the Washington Monument? Go to the Aerospace Museum? He's not joining the Washington football team. So I hope he enjoys his time uh, visiting D.C for non-football reasons uh let's see zach wilson he's fun like he's got a freaking cannon yes he does they don't there always... was one throw yesterday i think he threw it like 60 yards through the air like and just kind of flicks rope. it 
Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be good or bad or whatever. I'm just saying he has a a freaking cannon and will let it rip, baby. And uh, we'll see if the the Jets can find somebody to catch those balls. Pretty good day for Corey Davis yesterday. But uh, Jets are going to take their lumps early on. But Zach Wilson was fun to watch, uh, at least. Like, maybe being a fan, it might have been frustrating, but – I don't know. He was uh, he was fun to watch. Yeah, he was, and uh, hopefully they can they can get their left tackle back. Micah uh, Beckton is expected to miss four to six weeks. Uh, he's going to have uh, a knee reconstruction surgery. There was a lot of uh, not a lot, but another one comes to mind. Jerry Judy, who went down, and everybody's like, uh oh, gone for the year. It looks like his is a four to six week thing. It when looked Beckton like Beckton went down. We thought it was for the year, so because they took a long time trying to get him on, you know, the um, on the stretcher. Yeah, and when they were taking him off, he was very emotional and, and crying and had his head in a towel so that always is a sign of maybe a season ending injury of the trainers going hey man this we're just going to go ahead and let you know this is not looking good so i thought it was going to be a season ending injury for mecca beckton and it looks like he's going to be okay in the next six weeks so i uh, need to get him back to give wilson time yeah i think he's awesome i think he's going to be fun to watch good job good effort browns but we all saw it coming the chiefs come back to beat the browns in a great game at Arrowhead on Sunday, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, man, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, like he if, just throws it up, and then he just expects them to to catch it, and sure enough, they usually do. I watched a lot of bad football over the weekend. If you need your football palate cleansed with just some beautiful offensive football, watch the Chiefs. Like it is such a pretty brand of offense, the way they do things, and. I know exactly the play you're talking about with Hill. It was, I mean, Travis Kelsey continues to be, you know, unguardable. Two touchdowns for him. They just, uh, they just have a machine there, man. Man, man. Sorry to go Gruden on you. Yeah, man. Shirley's Dolphins. Woo! Boy, go Fins! I thought this was going to be similar to the Chiefs game, where all right, Dolphins putting up a fight, but you're playing the Patriots in Foxborough. It's not going to end well costly fumble by damian harris he had 100 yards and uh fumbled the football away and the dolphins and tua uh picking up a win and that is a huge win for uh brian flores there against uh bill belichick and to get that division win on the road week one got to give you uh some confidence moving forward charlie absolutely and i i gotta admit as good of a game as the chiefs browns game was yesterday i was a little disappointed because i was all jacked up ready to watch the dolphins and the patriots go at it and then here's the chiefs browns game (laughs) so i was a little disappointed i didn't get to watch it but uh and i couldn't find but one highlight and that was just the touchdown run by waddle but uh, you know what? I'll take it. it. It was a 17-16, not exactly the prettiest football game in the no. whole wide world. However, in the words of Coach Ruff, you win by one and you back out of there. That's exactly what we did. I will I, take it. Bite me, Bill Belichick. I think if the Dolphins win, those are the types of scores they're going to have uh, uh, because yeah. they are – that defense is tough. Uh, the offense still looks clunky at times, but – it sputters uh, that's at a great best. win that's a that's a huge win i i will absolutely take it a w is a w it may be an ugly baby but it's our baby shocking score of the day the saints beat the packers 38 to 3 aaron Rodgers. that reminds me i need to call mully back call him first call him first <laughs> aaron Rodgers, 15 to 28 133 yards two touchdowns and just one big sad mopey face and it's looking old 
Those new State Farm commercials are pretty funny, though. He's got that going for him. And he can be the Jeopardy host when he hangs it up. How about Jameis and his debut? 14 to 20, 148 yards. The most un Jameis numbers ever. Five, Five touchdowns, touchdowns, no interceptions. And what? A partridge no in a pear tree. Jameis, what got into him? Well, he uh, was asked about it after the game and gave his secret to success, uh, how he played so well on Sunday. How did the defense in the running game give overall shape to the way this played out, Jameis? Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. <laughs> James is the most like I tell you what oblivious. I tell you what he gave up on that thought quick. Yeah, I mean he could have sat there for at least five or ten seconds and think about what his trainer said because maybe it was important. You just you know whoop the the Packers. So what did your trainer say? Nah, he just said. Prepared. What movie was that? Is that Lion King? That is Lion King. Yeah, you want to think he? Just, I bet he just watched Lion King before the game, and that's like the first <laughs> thing that popped did his head. Be prepared. He said uh, Hakuna Matata. No, he said Circle of Life. No, he said Be prepared. That's what he said. Remember who you are. He said first, you've never had a friend like me. Wait, that's, that's a, Toy Story. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It's Aladdin. No. Oh, Aladdin. Yeah. Toy Story. You've got a friend. A friend. In me. You've got a friend <laughs> in me. You've never had a friend like what me. If James Aladdin. just starts rattling off Disney music lines. What if James? I mean, he spent a lot of time in Florida. So. What if James watched Good. Austin Powers? <laughs> he wouldn't be well, saying be prepared. His mojo back. What did he? What would he say after a game? Oh, I talked to my trainer. Man. My he trainer. Just, he just said yeah, I need to get baby, my mojo yeah. back. My trainer said, "Do I make you horny, baby?" And I said, "And I just oh, said, behave." <laughs> Get in my belly. Can we hit it one more time? He was talking with so much confidence and then just lost it. How did the defense in the running game give overall shape to the way this played out, Jameis? Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. <laughs> You're right. He gave up on that in .2 seconds. Yeah, he was like, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's almost like. I shouldn't think here. I love Go how he looks up at the sky to act like he's going to think about it for a while and then just goes, nope. And he's just like, nah, screw it. He just, hey, he just, hey, why is the no, trainer no, 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 giving... He looks up at the sky, nope, nothing there. Got to go back to be prepared. Is he getting all of his most motivational talk and X's and O's talk from the trainer? I don't know. <laughs> why is it not a coach or something? Yeah, that, that, that's the thing that I thought about first when I heard that soundbite. I was like, why the trainer? Like, is this the trainer that you work up with in the off season? Is this like is the this athletic the tra- trainer is, that gives you medicine? Is and this like you up? Rocky's trainer? You know, <laughs> come over, Javis. How's the uh, the Javis? Come over here. You gotta get back in there and fly. You gotta get in there and get your mojo back. Oh man, that is uh, he is the most un- unintentionally funny guy uh, in the uh, NFL right now. Hey, I tell you what though, he is full because he ate up on that W. He yesterday. ate a big fat W. Uh, Christian McCaffrey might be the best football player in the league, but I'm going to say Alvin Kamara is a top, like, just overall football player. Like, he just does smart things. He knows where the sticks are. I, I just love watching him play. He didn't have a great game. He had 83 yards rushing and only three catches for eight yards, had a touchdown catch. But you've seen a lot of him, Chandler. He is an absolute menace absolutely but they the thing about alvin Kamara is that they can use him in so many ways not just in the backfield they can throw him out there as a wide receiver he's really good at catching the football he's awesome you have a guy like that that is so 
you know, that is able to do multiple things. Just like a Christian McCaffrey, it's dangerous. He's got the speed. He's able to break off of tackles, and he's not afraid to run you over as well. And when you have a guy like that, you're going to win a lot of football games. And you really notice it too. Like Washington, Antonio Gibson's good. Like he's in year two. We throw the ball to him. He, he ran for 90 yesterday. He's a good player. But when you watch McCaffrey and Kamara, you see the just the different level they're on. Yeah, uh, as compared to other backs in the NFL. I remember earlier in my Panthers fandom, it was you know being afraid, not afraid, but like you know sitting there going, "Man, we're going to have to play Drew Brees, and he's going to throw all over the field." And now it's you know now we're going to we got to play Alvin Kamara, you know, and now it's like that still with Tom Brady, and he's forty four <laughs> years old, and it's like, man, we got Tom Brady to play twice this year. You know, and I think we played them twice in the last three weeks of the football season. So, uh, yeah, we got some talent, and Alvin Kamara is definitely one of those talents in the NFC South. You know who uh, who else teams are afraid of? Teddy Bridgewater, former right, go on. former Panthers legend, twenty eight of thirty six, two sixty four, two touchdowns, had nineteen rushing yards in a dominant Broncos win over the giants uh melvin gordon 100 yards rushing and a touchdown jerry judy was the leading receiver suffered an injury but it looks like uh, he will be able to return at some point this season congratulations teddy b <laughs> you have nothing good to say about him i mean yeah i mean I, i'll he tell had, you he had a great game i'll it, tell you who teams aren't scared of daniel jones no they're not the the just, how bad is that giants defense too they, they are look they're garbage and they play washington thursday night and i'm terrified because daniel jones has eight wins in his nfl life four of those are against washington he's four and oh that is crazy against washington that is a stat to consider really stat to consider stat to consider daniel jones also led the league in fumbles last year and the previous year and he had one yesterday he loves to fumble the football he loves nothing more than to have the ball in his hands and to give it to the other team. Hopefully he'll do that on Thursday. And how about Matt Stafford and the high-flying Rams? Matty Stafford, 300 yards plus, three touchdowns. Cooper Cup with a monster game last night. Daryl Henderson looked pretty good running uh, and catching the football. He uh, had 87 total yards. Uh, The Bears, uh, David Montgomery looked really good. 108 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields was two for two, had a touchdown run. But uh, Matt Nagy sticking with Andy Dalton. And for how long? I don't know if it's going to be too much longer because they're, uh, the Bears look really bad. Speaking of defense, you would think they would have a defense that would keep them in games, keep them around. Uh, they did not against the high-powered Rams last night. You could just tell, though, with Matt Stafford, he was excited to be in some new <laughs> environment. I felt and, good for him, didn't you? Uh, yes, like, I did. Uh, and, man, both of our teams were looking for him to be their, the new quarterback. Ah, that's the guy, yeah. You know, Washington maybe was – I know you were wanting him very badly in Washington. I, I started getting to where I, had, I was like, you know what? And that was uh, – that was around the time of the the Sean Watson talks and when all that stuff yeah. uh, came out. I was like, you know what? You know, let's push Watson to the side. I really like Matt Stafford. I would not mind him being in Charlotte. He goes off to Los Angeles, and last night I think uh, is a foreshadowing of what he can do this year for the Rams. All right, there is your NFL recap. Uh, Raiders and Ravens going tonight on Friday. I said I'll take the Raiders in an upset. I'll stick. With the pick, uh, should be a pretty good game tonight. Ravens, uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see how their carries are split 
with uh, all these new running backs they have added to the roster. Might just be the Lamar Jackson show running the football. And uh, we'll see what uh, Zay Jones and that Raiders offense can do tonight. Raiders! Interested to see the stadium, too. This will be the first game the Raiders have played in front of fans in Las Vegas. So Was that the first time last night for Los Angeles, too? Yeah, I believe and so. And that place is beautiful. Yep, and that, so that it is a cool place. Yeah. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back uh, when we return. We'll go inside the Players' Lounge and hear from ECU wide receiver Tyler Sneed. Got that on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. We're back with you after this. This is ECU basketball coach Joe Dooley, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom uh, residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni David Price Construction, uh, specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU home services partner. Call them today at 919-292-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We'll jump into the Players' Lounge in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll uh, do that right now and hear from East Carolina wide receiver Tyler Sneed. Had a chance to catch up with tyler earlier this afternoon as he dropped by the pirate radio studios and here's how that chat sounded back inside the pirate radio players lounge with tyler sneed east carolina wide receiver joining us on a monday edition of pirate radio live tyler we appreciate your time man how you doing today good appreciate you guys having me tyler uh, coming off a 20 to 17 loss to the south carolina gamecocks but let's talk about how that game started on saturday a little trickeration to uh to get the festivities going and a Tyler Sneed uh, takes the handoff on the sweep and uh, and throws it down the field to Josiah Hatfield for a touchdown. Tyler, uh, how long have you been working on that one at practice? Is that something that's installed this week, or is that something that goes back to the off season? When did you cook that one up? It, we have we have different ways to to run the the trick passes and all that, and they put in the uh, the jet sweep to do it this week. And uh, we ran it ran it a lot this week in practice. And uh, Thursday came, and he said. He, he thinks that's going to be the first play. So he kind of had an idea and then wow. walked through on Friday. It was the first play. So uh, we knew we were going to take a shot. And, uh, yeah, I was excited to run it. I knew I had to throw it because Josiah can just fly. So uh, I tried to throw it as far as I could and let him let him go get it. Did it work? I mean, it worked to perfection. Did it work that well at practice? Did you guys hit it like that every time? Well, I actually underthrew him in practice because he's so fast. So yeah. I was like, when I get in the game, I'm going to have to throw it, like, with everything I got. So, uh you know, I tried to do that, and I mean, he just ran under. I, I don't think there's a way you can overthrow him. So that's pretty interesting that he that you were told on Thursday it might be the first play. So you've got like 48 hours to think about it, oh, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think that made me more nervous in, in instead of them telling me like right before the game or something. No, I mean, I, I was really excited for it just because yeah. like I, I knew we were gonna take a shot and. Yeah, I'm not trying to think of the negatives it could have. I'm only thinking positive. There you, you go. Know, that close to game time too. So uh no, I was just I was thinking positive and, and, and it worked out. 
Uh, Tyler Sneed joining us. Tyler, uh, more involved in the passing game. Uh, five catches, the yards, 35, not what you want, but you were more involved as a receiver. Uh, how did you feel about your performance individually on Saturday? Um, you know, like you said, the yards, uh, not where we want them to be. Uh, you know, that's, that's just on me making stuff happen after after I get the ball in my hands. You know, if he's getting it to me five times, I, I probably need to get more than I, than I did. But... You know, I, I still got to get open. I still think I can do a lot better. So, And uh, kick returns, one for 21 and uh, six yards on the punt return game. Still looking to break one, and it feels like it's there. Uh, you've seen a little bit of daylight so far this year, but mm-hmm. do you kind of feel like at any moment you could break the big one on a return? Yeah, I, I mean, every time I go out there, I, I try to think that way. You know, I want to say this was the one, but uh, – you know, it di- didn't happen this week. Uh, looking forward to next week, though, and uh, hopefully I can get it done then. Talking to Tyler Sneed inside the Pirate Radio studios. Tyler, uh, just a rough performance for East Carolina's offense on Saturday. Have you you gone back and watched it? What did South Carolina's defense do to, to stymie the Pirates' offense? Hey, you know, they, they did a good job. Uh, had a good defense. Uh, I think I think we left a lot out there, um, but – you know you can't you can't look back on it anymore. You know we had that time to do that. We watched the film a couple times, and uh, now we're all focused on Marshall this week. Talked uh, holding about this. I'll ask you too. You talk about the improvements you want to make going into week three. How about the jump the defense took from week one to week two? Uh, really got gashed on the ground against Stab State. Came back. South Carolina barely cracked 100 yards rushing on Saturday. You know how, how awesome was that to see your defense step up? No, that was great. They played they played a great game. You know. During the game, you know, I mean, they had all the energy, forcing turnovers and everything. I think at one point I looked up uh, and I saw South Carolina had negative rushing yards at one point yeah. on the, on the uh, big screen. So, you know, that's great to see. Um, like I said, they played a great game. We just got to get it done offensively, uh, and we're working on that this week. Pirate fans uh, were there and, and getting loud late in that game. Unfortunately, Tyler, I was following some accounts on social media. Apparently, there was a big backup trying to get into the stadium. So not a lot of people saw your touchdown. <laughs> there was a lot more people there at the end of the game than there were when you threw that early touchdown. But uh, how much uh, did you enjoy playing in front of that crowd on Saturday? Yeah, no, the, the crowd is huge. You know, we got the best fans. I always say that. But uh, – no, I mean, just, just the energy that they brought, uh, you know, third downs. Yeah. I think they went two for 12 or something on third down. So the energy that the fans brought was great. And uh, I just hope we get to see that more this year. Yeah, can be a difference maker. And uh, it was defensively uh, for the Pirates there on Saturday. Marshall coming up next. And, Tyler, I don't know uh, how much you've looked at Marshall so far. Their scores have been pretty eye-opening, what they've been able to do against Navy and North Carolina Central so far. Good opponent on the road. Uh, have you have you looked at them yet, and what kind of stands out about the herd? Um, we saw them a little bit when we were watching film on App State's defense, so we got to see them. Um, they're, they're a good team. You know, you've seen the scores, uh, weeks one and two. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I, I think we have a shot every week to go in and play uh, if we play the way we know we can play. But, uh, no, they are a good team, and I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I mean, you're still locked in. The team, Coach Houston, everybody's still locked in. And sometimes I worry about that with these losses like this, where you give it your all, you lose on the last-second field goal. But, man, you, you got to turn it around quick. We talked about it yeah. last week and kind of the same deal this week, right? Yes, sir, yeah. You know, you have your time to soak in it and, and watch that film. But, uh, you know, it's still early, week two. You know, we thought we had that game. I thought we controlled it the whole time up until the very end. But, uh, yeah, you know, just coming into this week, you know, we just got to stay positive and, and keep that keep that vibe up there in the locker room. Uh, and so that, that way we can go into this week with clean slate. 
Uh, this will be your first true road game played in Charlotte. App State was technically the home team, but your, your first true road environment this week. And Holden said something about, you know, doing a, your silent cadence and signals and things like that. Is that something maybe you'll you'll work on this week at practice just in case it is a little too loud for y'all to communicate? Yeah, no, we, we usually always do that first road game um, just because the fans for the other team, you know, you know how the, the crowd can be, you know, South Carolina came in here two for twelve on third downs. You yeah. know, the crowd got into it. We're loud, so uh, yeah, no, their their crowd's probably going to be into it. We'll work on that throughout the week. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a big difference going on the road. But at the end of the day, we just got to execute best we can. Tyler, I heard you talking to uh, Brian Bailey before you came on here, and he was asking you about that throw, and you you credited your baseball days. Yeah. Uh, what did you? What were you? Shortstop pitcher? What did you play in baseball? Played played center field. You know, my okay. dad my dad played shortstop, but I never really got into the infield uh, deal. I, I'd rather go run run down a fly ball. I can see that your but, speed uh, in center field. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I mean. It's been a while since I played. My shoulder's kind of hurt right now. I mean, I haven't thrown like <laughs> Ice that. that thing. But, uh, no, yeah, back, back in the baseball days, you know, that, that was a good time. So I just credited that to the throw, yes, sir. So did you throw any in uh, in high school? Were you ever a quarterback in high school, or are you always on the outside? Receiver? I had a couple plays at Wildcat, but that's yeah. it. It didn't really throw. I think I threw one time in high school. I think I threw a pick, actually. But it got, <laughs> I think it got called back. It was like roughing the pass or something. Hey, it didn't count. But, uh, yeah, no. That other than that, you know, the throws here—the only two I've I've ever had. And your uh, your two for two, Tom McClellan from ECU put up a, a stat after that one. You hit uh, Blake Prohl for a touchdown, also last year, yes, sir. So uh, two for two, perfect. We'll see. And, and we we take calls after the game, and you know somebody called in. Man, that was a great play. Why didn't they do that again? <laughs> well, that's why it's a trick play, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. know. And and part of it is knowing when to call it, right? Right, right. You know, first game, I think you. Know, I think that was a great call first game, first play, just because, you know, they, they probably aren't expecting it, um, especially like that on a jet sweep or something. So, uh, no, I thought it was a great call. Are you uh, – if you had a, a challenge in the wide receiver room, who could throw the uh, the longest spiral? Are you you winning that? CJ? CJ who else can has got throw an arm? it. Well, Taji Hudson was Taji, a quarterback. Yeah, I was about to say, Taji can throw it. The other day in practice, I think he threw it like 60 or something like that in the air. But uh, <laughs> So maybe not the last receiver pass we've seen. Yeah. Maybe not. You never know. Josiah yeah. can throw it too, though. But he's—I mean—he's just so fast. You get the ball in his hands, and he's gone. So that was a, a beautiful catch by him uh, and a great throw by Tyler Snead. Got things going early, but South Carolina comes out uh, with the win. How do you? Uh, there's a lot of different ways to watch a last-second field goal, Tyler. You can <laughs> watch it. You can turn your head, close your eyes. What, uh, what about you? That last field goal. What were you doing? I was—I was watching it. You know. I, I thought we had a chance to block it, yeah. um, so I was putting all the faith in those guys uh, to do it. You know, I, I I'm not the type to look away. You know, I want to I want to see what happens. I was really hoping he would miss or something, but he didn't, and uh, that was the game. You know, that hurt a lot, but you know it, it's flush now. And we got to move on. And uh, Tyler, we're both moving on as NFL fans too. Your team <laughs> lost Week One. My team lost yesterday. I'm yeah. still pissed off about it, but we move on. Uh, Washington plays the Giants coming up Thursday night. Uh, who the Cowboys got this week? I haven't even looked. Have you? I, no, I haven't looked either. I'm, Your boys look good on offense, Tyler. They, they 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 show some bright spots. Yeah, and then maybe some improvements on defense. But as you yeah. said before, we got going here. You can't leave a second on the clock with Tom Brady's Tom got the Brady, ball, right? Yeah. 
let's see dallas week two has oh the chargers i uh, saw them up close and personal yesterday yeah, they're a they, tough group they play good yeah that'll be, that'll be a tough one sneed i uh, appreciate you joining us man good luck on saturday against marshall and uh, we'll talk to you again soon yes sir appreciate you guys there is uh tyler sneed he dropped by the pirate radio studios earlier today recapping his performance in the pirates loss 20 to 17 to south carolina on saturday we have a big hour three in store for you including a giveaway we'll open up the pirate radio booty bag so stick around for that also stick around for our talks with holt nailers dj ford cj johnson bruce bivens and xavier smith it's all ahead inside the players lounge on the bud light ecu report we're back with you on pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting, sports, and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barant. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a uh, Monday. Clip Brock here. I was watching a highlight. Lamar Jackson had uh, tweeted out a highlight. I think, is this Georgia Tech? I think this is Georgia Tech. But Looks he, like it. Uh, defensive guy recovered a fumble, picked up the ball, and Lamar Jackson says, that boy stiff-armed his teammate into a block. I was like, all right, that sounds interesting. And the defensive players running down the field and literally took his teammate and threw him into a guy to the opposing team. It is a uh, that's a play I'd like to see more of taking a teammate. Oh, I see him. Oh, I see. Yeah, pushing him into the defense. That's a that's a good play. He's like, look, dude, you're supposed to be blocking that guy here. I'm I'm gonna help you out, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens tonight against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. We'll have it here for you right here on Pirate Radio. The Raiders. Zay Jones mm-hmm. in action tonight. I tell you what, man. What do you think about Zay? We're going to play him a lot tonight, man. <laughs> it's getting better. It, you, uh, I don't know. You were kind of subdued. Hurt my throat. Oh yeah, a little bit. I, a little bit. Another. Tell you what, though, Derek, <laughs> Derek Carr, man. Yeah, I tell you what, I like this guy. He's going to throw it to Zay Jones, man. Take Zay Jones over .5 catches, man. I'm telling you another voice in the arsenal for chandler honeycutt pretty soon we're gonna have to do mark Lindsay interview and john gruden <laughs> uh coach a little bit please uh what do you think you you put in mike glennon there a little bit he went to nc state uh tell us a little bit why you went with mike glennon there in in the second quarter and you were only up seven to nothing tell us a little bit walk us through a little bit of that a little bit for sure i gotta tell you i like that guy I tell you what, I looked at Mike Glennon's tape, man, and I said, Mike Glennon is my guy. I said, Derek Carr, he, man, he said, you're a good quarterback, man. But we have a guy named Mike Glennon who's going to take us to the promised land. And then I realized it wasn't Mike Glennon. It was Marcus Mariota, man, and he took us to the promised land, Mark. 
All right. Thank you, uh, Coach. It's pretty good. You just, I mean, I first time I heard that was today from you. So yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Definitely not one of my best. Yeah, it, it'll get there. All right. Let's uh, listen to a, an interview we conducted earlier today. Myself and Troy D talked to the quarterback of the East Carolina Pirates. Holt Nailers, man. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. It is Holt Nailers who joined us after a rough one offensively for the Pirates on Saturday. We discussed it with Holton, and uh, here's how that sounded. All right, back inside the Players' Lounge here on Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock, Troy D. joining us, the quarterback for the East Carolina Pirates, Holton Aylers on the Fixed NC Live line. Holton, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, Holton, uh, we'll just uh, we'll get into it. Uh, a dismal performance uh, offensively by the Pirates on Saturday, and you said it yourself. You pointed the finger uh, at yourself after the game, 11 of 24, 77 yards, two interceptions. You spoke immediately following the game, Holden. Have you had a chance to look back at tape and kind of see what went wrong uh, for you guys on Saturday? Yeah, I have. Uh, I mean, I've probably watched that film too many times now. Um, it's a new week. You know, like I said, I do put the finger at me. Don't point at anyone else. You know, i got to be better, and I'm, I'm aware of that. And um, I'm going to be hard on myself to be better this week. So good thing about football is we got a new opportunity Saturday, and that's what I'm focused on. How quickly, uh, holding after a, a game like that, do you move on? Again, you you, you got to get ready for the next opponent, but at the same time, you got to clean up your mistakes. So, when does everything turn 100% focused to Marshall? Yeah, emotionally, I mean, you usually give yourself 24 hours, even after a win. Um, just a 24-hour rule, just whatever happened that game emotionally, take it out of that 24 hours, and then from there on, just learn from your mistakes and grow from it. And, and during practice, you know, focus on your mistakes and get better from it. So. That's what we're going to do as an offense. You know, defense played a really good game, and we got to come out there and we got to perform better. Holden, you had a, a long run in the game, and you came up. It appeared to be wincing a little bit, and I don't know, maybe uh, uh, leaning towards the shoulder some. But how how were you feeling during the game after that, health wise, and how are you uh, today? Yeah, I mean, after any game, you're going to be sore. Um, I mean, that run uh, took a hard hit. I didn't really know there was anyone else behind me, so I didn't brace myself for impact, but. Um, I'll be good. You know, I mean, just stay in, stay in the training room and just kind of like any other week, you know, you're going to have bumps and bruises coming out of it. And that's every football player in America. So just got to continue to stay in the training room, get better, and, you know, get ready for Saturday. Holding this is Troy, looking at the positive side of things. You know, this is a uh, SEC team you guys faced. You had them on the on their heels the entire game. It took them to the literally the last play of the game to uh, get a victory. I, you know, I view this as you know a few years ago. I think the South Carolina team steamrolls East Carolina. So uh, I know the the outcome wasn't the way you guys wanted and Pirate fans wanted, but I do see improvement from where this thing could have been a number of uh, years ago. When you look at it from that perspective, you know I. I still see improvement, and this team still has a chance to have a, a really good season. Is the optimism and perspective there with you and your teammates for the going forward? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, this team knows that our season isn't over. Um, you know, our, we knew going in our non-conference was going to be a tough schedule. I mean, no matter what SEC team you play, they're the SEC, and they're going to get those big-time players. And they certainly had some um, on Saturday, but it's definitely a game that we, you know we we think we should have won. We we definitely thought we uh you know i mean we had them on the ropes and we got to play a lot better offensively like i said and the defense is, has played lights out that that day and uh he's got to got to play better and get ready for the next week and that's what we're focused on doesn't get uh tremendous easier going on the road up against marshall this weekend what's the early uh takeaway from that as far as what your expectations when you face that marshall defense 
Yeah, they're gonna be another tough team. Um, they're returning three out of four guys up front, and they're they're really skilled. But um, you know, it's gonna be a good environment. Um, you know, they they always have a good environment up there, and excited to go up there and and you know have a good test with us. But we're gonna show a lot what we are too. You know, I mean, anytime you you get knocked in the jaw like that, you got to bounce back, and that's what we're hoping to do. Holding kind of a, a unique start to the season where your first game is at a neutral site. It was a road game. App State had more fans, but it was the Bank of America Stadium. You come home in front of your home fans week two. Now your first true road game. So do you have to do anything differently offensively? Maybe some silent calls, signals when you uh, you go on the road for your first true road game coming up Saturday? Uh, yeah, we are. We're going to go, I think, to a silent cadence this week just because, I mean, they, they, they do have a good following up there. You know, they're they're winning right now, too, and they got – a new coach in there with a lot of excitement. So um, we are going to go to a silent case this week just in preparation for that being a loud crowd. But, I mean, that's the atmosphere that you want to play. And, I mean, you want to go into environments like that. and That's what makes college football so fun is the passionate fans. So um, we're going to go with the silent cadence this week and, and kind of roll with that. So but it should be fun, man. I'm excited to get up there and, and play in front of those fans. Holden, I know we've talked about this before, but is there any talk about, you know, you're such a threat as a mobile quarterback, and I know there's been some talk with Donnie and the guys about wanting still to keep you protected and, and not getting hurt, but uh, has there been any talk about opening things up a little bit more where you're able to be a little more mobile? And, and you know, from my perspective, I'm just watching, but is it safer almost that when you do run, you can avoid hits sometimes? You can slide, you can go out of bounds, or you could apply a hit yourself versus if, if you're forced to stay in the pocket receiving it you're getting hit anyway uh and you're not able to move the ball what is your perspective on that you know will we see you kind of get the green light to be able to be more mobile and what's your take on on those situations as far as the hits you know is it better to be running versus just being stuck in the pocket i mean anything to help the team win you know i mean i'm i like to run the ball i do and i like to be mobile and anything to help the offense move the ball is is what I'm up for. Um, you know, I'm definitely not shying away from contact of any any sort. But I mean, yeah, when I'm running the ball, I can you know see see guys coming and get down when I need to get down if if needed or if we need to get the first down. You know, try to get the first down any way we can. But you know, whatever Coach K calls up is what we're going to run. Um, we're going to trust in him and and just let him call his game and see whatever he thinks is the best way for us to win. And that's what we're going to trust in. Holden Naylor's joining us. Holden, you said earlier uh, the, the defensive performance uh, was impressive. And uh, talk about getting better week to week. East Carolina got gashed on the ground week one. Week two, South Carolina barely cracked 100 yards rushing. And how uh, inspired, how, how proud of you uh, are you of those guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the, the performance they had? Very, man. I mean, those guys work really hard. They, they definitely deserve all the credit that they're getting. Um, you know, they played their hearts out. And, you know, I hate that the offense didn't didn't play that way to get them dubbed um, on Saturday, but you know, hopefully we get things turned around this Saturday and they, they keep playing the way they will, we'll be just fine. Old Naylor's joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. It'll be ECU Marshall coming up 6 o'clock. Our coverage begins 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturday. Holding, uh, once again, C.J. Johnson, just two catches. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you're tired of getting this question, but how can you get him more involved? Tyler Snead did have five, so he was more involved in the passing game. But that C.J. Holton connection, uh, obviously something that leads to success and something you want to see, I'm sure, uh, a bigger number than two beside his name. I do. You know, anytime we can get him, CJ, or Josiah the ball, um, I mean, I'm sorry, him, Sneed or Josiah the ball, we certainly want to. I certainly want to. So I um, just got to 
got to get the right guys in there in the right space and the right timing and everything down. So we're going to continue to work on it. Um, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of passes together, so it's not like we're off connection or anything. Uh, we just got to get the ball more. Holden Ailes joining us. Holden, uh, really appreciate your time and uh, answering our questions here on Pirate Radio Live. And uh, good luck this Saturday. Uh, big game coming up on the road at Marshall, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Go Pirates. Hey, thanks, Holden. Holden Ailes joining us uh, inside the Pirate Radio uh, Players Lounge and, uh, you know, a rough day at the office for Ailers and this offense, and uh, he's taking the blame, and we'll see if uh, they open up things some. We'll see if they go to another quarterback. Somebody had asked in uh, Facebook Live earlier any talk of Garcia, or I'll get the exact wording of the question. Uh, has there been any mention as to why Garcia isn't seeing any playing action? No, but, I mean, we just keep going back to the coaches aren't ready to put him in, clearly. Uh, Mike Houston has his weekly press conference on Tuesday. I'm sure he'll be asked about Ehlers' performance on Saturday. You know, is there an option to go to another quarterback? How's Garcia doing in practice? So we might get some answers to that coming up on Tuesday as Mike Houston will have his weekly press conference. Uh Clip, I'm just seeing breaking news. Uh, Southern California is uh, firing Clay Helton. Wow. Yeah. They got smoked by Stanford the other night. And uh, Clay Helton, according to Brett McMurphy, is out of here. Interesting. Thank you for that, sir. Yep. No problem. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back when we return. We will hear from ECU Safety DJ Ford. He joined me earlier today on the Fixed NC Live line, and we're planning to go out live to talk to cj johnson coming up at 5 30 so we got those two interviews coming up and at the end of that segment we'll make you a winner and open up the pirate radio booty bag here on a monday more to go on pirate radio live we're back with you after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center of Greenville's new extended care clinic is now open Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. So you can avoid the emergency department for any urgent orthopedics care. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Orthopedics East, providing services to Eastern North Carolina and the Pirate Nation for more than 35 years. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. All right, some interesting college football news coming out this hour. Chandler mentioned, uh, brought it up a moment ago, Brett McMurphy uh, reporting that Clay Helton fired at USC. Of course, that's uh, they've dropped as a program some, but still one of the most uh, attractive uh, premier jobs in all of college football. Uh, Urban Meyer got killed yesterday in uh, Houston. What if he hangs it up and decides to go to USC? What a move. Oh, my gosh. I want that to happen just for the story. Well, uh, he has to have time with his family first. That's right. He's going to spend the rest of this season with his family and then right. go coach USC next year. Uh, this is a weird one. So we had been talking about it, and we hadn't got into specifics, but Navy has struggled through two weeks. They fired their offensive coordinator, right, Ivan uh, Jasper. He has been uh, – I didn't realize he had Is been he looking there. a new job? Uh, no, he's got a job. Oh, what's that? He was reinstated at Navy as the quarterback's coach. 
And and this is what's strange to me. Usually when a coordinator's fired, like, the head coach is okay with it and even, like, makes the move, right? Makes the decision. Well, and, and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe this is how it always goes. I don't think so. But athletics director Chet Gladchuk made the move to fire the offensive coordinator. Ken Niamatololo said that he asked uh, Gladchuk to reconsider the decision, uh, saying of Jasper, quote, losing him was not the right answer. We're better with him. He's the best option coach around, end quote. So Navy will bring him back in as a quarterback's coach, which is very strange. Uh, Keenan Reynolds, which is a name I never want to hear again, Oh no! Because <laughs> he tortured the Pirates. Is he on their coaching staff? Ah, uh, no, he was an awesome player though. But he said uh, he tweeted out, "This whole situation infuriates me for a number of reasons. You can't unring the bell. Uh, you know, he, he they fired him and then they bring him back in. It's it's got to be awkward for everyone involved. But anyway, uh, Glad Chuck is back on the team, but only as a quarterbacks coach, not an offensive coordinator. So it, weird it, stuff. Who's going to call plays? I have no clue. <laughs> i don't know uh i don't know if that was I'm in this sure article he'll end up either. calling him again uh that's strange yeah he might just kind of walk right back into the role because it's his playbook yeah so i mean i don't know i here's a crazy stat to consider with the stats to consider with the cleveland browns loss yesterday that makes it 17 consecutive years that they've started the season zero and one who the Cleveland Browns. Oh, wow. 0-1. And they, they did it in the most Browns way possible yesterday. By the way, uh, stat, kind of a stat sandwich. Think about. Stat to consider sandwich. Patrick Mahomes undefeated in September. That is a crazy stat to consider. Browns haven't won a week one game in 17 years. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a week one game as starting quarterback. All right, let's get to more of our Players Lounge interviews. And here from DJ Ford, he and the defense had a good performance on Saturday. Talked to DJ earlier today, and uh, here's how that sounded. All right, let's head out to the Fixed NC Live line as we continue the Pirate Radio Lounge, Players Lounge, with DJ Ford, East Carolina Safety. Joining us today, DJ, I appreciate your time, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me today. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, DJ, we talked a lot last week about making improvements from week one to week two, and uh, the defense did just that for East Carolina this weekend. Um, Really in the run game for the Pirates, allowing just uh, 106 uh, rushing yards for South Carolina, only 214 through the air. You guys uh, enforced uh, some turnovers as well. You guys really put together a good performance on Saturday. Didn't get the win, but, DJ, how – how pleased were you with the defensive effort there on Saturday? I was uh, very pleased with our guys on defensive side of the ball. We did a really good job um, of doing everything that the coaches asked of us this week. We came out, we were flying around. We triggered a lot faster than we did in week one. I don't know if you guys could tell it or not, but when we play fast like that, we have a lot more energy, and it just gets the guys rolling. DJ Ford joining us. DJ credited with six uh, tackles, four solo, one tackle for loss. And uh, you got a fumble recovery too, right, DJ? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> uh, the turnovers, uh, and that's a key every single week. How much is that stressed by Blake Harrell? How much is that stressed by you and the leaders on the defense to win that turnover battle? Uh, turnovers is something that we take a lot of a lot of pride in. Um, as a coaching staff, our coaching staff 
plays on us about creating uh, turnovers and keeping our energy high. And that's exactly what we did. We got after them. We got after the ball. We took the ball away, and we played with a lot of energy. And the guys on the team, we we wanted just as much, if not more, than the coaches. You know what I'm saying? So that's something we definitely place a lot of uh, priority on. DJ had uh, Tyler Snead on uh, earlier, and he, he's a big fan of the Pirates' defense. He talked about the two for 12 on third down for South Carolina. He credited you guys. He credited the fans in the stands at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. That's another key indicator on a good football team, a good defense. Two for 12 for South Carolina. You guys were great on third down. Yes, sir. We did a really good job on third down. Um, like I said, guys were flying around having fun. We didn't even realize it was – that crazy of a stat line until after the game you know of course we get caught up in the moment we knew that we were playing good but i mean of course we always want to hold the zero so dj i say it a lot one thing that really gets the crowd going is good defense because uh, the crowd's got to be quiet when the team's on offense but uh, they can get as loud as they want to when you guys are on defense how much fun was that your first experience uh playing at dowdy ficklin stadium in front of a crowd Oh, man, it was so much fun. Uh, it was unbelievable. It felt like a movie, you know. Um, the crowd was really into the game. They were really loud. Um, anytime we, you know what I'm saying, waved our hands, get them pumped, they they were just extremely active in the game. And um, that energy that we got from them definitely helped throughout the game. DJ, not the result you wanted, a 20-17 uh, to 17 loss to South Carolina. But, again, we've talked about the positives on the defensive side. Is that something you, you carry into this week's practice, talk about your improvements, and, and try to get even better uh, when you take on Marshall this Saturday? Yes, sir. I think you said it correctly. Uh, we'll bring that into this week, but we're not satisfied. We want to get even better. We want to hold them to fewer yardage, you know what I'm saying, less conversions on third down, and just keep – keep improving all around marshall coming up next dj man they put up some points 49 uh on navy 44 on north carolina central a high-powered offense there uh that has played well through two weeks have you dove into that film yet dj or is that coming later in the week um so guys are doing some film study on their own uh today because today is our off day but uh, i know we're getting some of the guys together defensively and watching some film um, without the coaches and everything. So we're getting ready to get that started, but we have not started yet as a team. That starts tomorrow. DJ, two weeks into it, uh, and again, you, you were in on a lot of tackles, a lot of plays on Saturday. How's the body feeling uh, on this Monday? <laughs> I felt better. Nothing, <laughs> just a little sore, nothing crazy, you know. That's just a part of the game that we play. We're kind of modern-day gladiators, the way we throw our bodies around and we're extremely physical, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the name of the game that we play. We signed up for this, so that's part of it. And, uh, and DJ, you said it earlier, you got to take the frustration, but you, you said the word fun, and then the guys were flying around having fun on defense at the end of the day. Uh, that's what it's all about, and, of course, winning is a lot more fun, too. That's kind of the cherry on top. Uh, I know you're trying to get that first W of uh, 2021. Yes, sir. I truly believe that once we uh, – get our first W and we get the ball rolling, it's just going to kind of snowball, you know what I'm saying? The confidence level is only going to increase. Guys are only going to buy in more and more into what the coaches are saying and things of that nature. So it's all about us as a team and how we respond. And I have the most confidence that we're going to respond and come out and get the W this week. 
DJ Ford joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line here in the Players Lounge. DJ, we'll let you get back to your uh, your schoolwork and your football work. We appreciate you joining us, man, and good luck uh, coming up this Saturday in Huntington. Sounds good. Thank you. That was DJ Ford, East Carolina Safety, joining us earlier today. Talked to him uh, here in the Players Lounge, and right now we'll go out live on the Fixed NC Live Line and talk to CJ Johnson, East Carolina wide receiver. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. CJ, how you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing really good, man. Appreciate you joining us, uh, especially uh, after a tough loss. Those are tough to take for everybody, CJ. The the fans, the coaches, and and certainly the players. But you got to move on from it quick. How how frustrating is it like that to lose on a last second field goal, CJ? Oh man, it's it's, it's so frustrating because we we know that we outplayed them, and we just have to fix the small mistakes that we made to bring it all together and come out with a win. Coach Houston told us all year that we were going we were going to be in close ball games all year. So, and yeah, and, and you're right. And the, the old cliche: you you lose by a lot, then you lose close, then you start to win close. And the Pirates trying to win one of those close ones here at the end. Uh, CJ, a uh, rough uh, performance from the offense. South Carolina stymied uh, that Pirate offense. Have uh, you gone back and, and watched the film? And uh, you know what did they do to to hold you guys down offensively on Saturday? Oh man, they um. We watched the film. They 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 have big bodies up front, and they um, they got a little bit of push. And we like if you look go back and look at the film, receivers were open. We just it just broken down plays. Like like I said, little little mistakes that uh, we can easily fix. We have to fix those on the offensive side. But I feel like the defense they played they played their tails off. They played a great game. Yeah, it's, you say that, CJ. On one side, it's like, man, we we had we left some big plays on the field. On the other side, it's like, hey, those plays are there. Let's get them next time. That's the mentality, right? That look, we can uh, we can fix this. We can get this thing going. Yes, sir. That is that is definitely the mentality. You always got to have that next play mentality. Great play to open up the game with. Tyler Sneed uh, throws it to Josiah Hatfield for a touchdown. Asked Tyler earlier who had the strongest arm in the wide receiver room. He didn't really – he wouldn't really give me a name, CJ. Uh, how about you if I ask you who's the uh, – could you throw the ball further than uh, Tyler Sneed? Uh, I don't know. That, that was a dime. That was a, dime. That was a Patrick Mahomes dime. But, I mean, I got a little I got a little 65-yard bomb in me. <laughs> no, nah, he dropped it in the bucket, and part of that, too, is uh, he said there, it's impossible to overthrow Josiah Hatfield, so just throw it as far as you can, and that guy will go get it, right? Oh, man. Is, the hardest thing is to overthrow Josiah. <laughs> He's just so fast, he outruns every ball. So. Uh, beautiful play drawn up there uh, as the Pirates uh, do go down to South Carolina 2017. Marshall coming up next, CJ, and – Man, they've been putting up some points and playing pretty good defense so far against Navy at NC Central. Have you started to look ahead to the herd yet? Oh yes, we have. Um, we're looking. We're looking to come out and play our game and come out with a dub. We, uh, we we're evaluating film. We know that they got athletes, but we have athletes too. So. CJ, one thing that Snead and Aylers have talked about today is the silent cadence. You, you might you'll be in your first true road game. Uh, going to be a pretty good uh, crowd of green, I would think, in Huntington. So that's something uh, you guys work on probably already, but maybe focus on this week. Is that is that something you're comfortable with? If you have to go silent count because you you won't be able to hear uh, each other on the field. Oh, most definitely. We um, so all last year since there wasn't any fans, we went uh, we went silent <laughs> count. So yeah. 
Uh, that was because the opposing team could hear you, though, right? Was, yeah. 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 <laughs> CJ Johnson joining us. CJ, uh, I don't know. What, what do you look to improve on this week as an offense uh, as you get ready for the herd? Oh, man, we just we just look to improve on executing better and um, just just having that fire mentality the whole game instead of, like, you know, just having it in the first half. We got to come out in the second half. Like, um, Coach K says the game is won between the second and third quarter, so we, we just got to uh, come out stronger in, at halftime. Man, we mentioned that earlier, too. We'll end on this, CJ, but I've heard the middle eight, you know, the last four of the first half, the first four of the second half. Uh, the last two weeks, the first two games of the season, you had that Hail Mary catch overturned at halftime and then the pick six on Saturday, and that is, uh, that's hurt the Pirates, those last two plays. So it really does show the uh, the momentum that can really shift uh, that last uh, minute of the, of the uh, second quarter. Yes, sir. Yes, See, sir, that shows it, shows it the most like that because you think about it, a Hail Mary counts with a different ball game coming out of halftime. It's yeah. a little bit more energy. No doubt. And, um that pick six like if it didn't happen like i said at a halftime we're coming out with way more energy cj i uh, appreciate you joining us today man we'll let you get back to work and uh we will talk to you again soon yes sir thank you appreciate it there's cj johnson ecu wide receiver joining us and man it's tough for uh the fans to, to move on like I, i'm still mad at ron rivera from yesterday i'll probably be mad probably all tomorrow by wednesday i hope to move on but these players and these coaches that they have no choice but to get over it quick and get ready for the next one and uh that's what this team is doing right now it's got to be tough to do after you lose on a last second field goal but they're getting back to work and uh getting ready for marshall chandler you 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 still like ron rivera don't you i like ron rivera just fine i wish he wasn't a coward at the end of the game yesterday i guess he's only riverboat in carolina oh boy that was just that was just very not like him that was just i was watching it with you when it happened what? was i not this is not like after the fact like no this was in the moment in the moment yes the game was lost right there i, I knew it and they never touched the ball again they waved the white flag they said here chargers you take the ball you've been driving on our defense all day You've been converting an NFL record amount of third down conversions. Take the ball, run out the clock, and win the leave game. our stadium. That's exactly what happened. I don't know how he got on this. Oh, yeah, it's hard to get over losses. That's how he got on this. Uh, my point was these players uh, have right. to move on, it sounds like. And, and Tyler Sneed said it earlier. They, they take their time to sulk 24 hours, and then boom, it's gone. Move on to the next one. That's what they got to do. And they, I'm sure these players are, you know, going to practice every day with that mindset that they're ready to get this first win. And, and, and look, defensively, the Pirates have a lot of positivity to look yeah. on. They played winning football on defense. They did. They brought the pressure. I like the pressure that we brought on Zeb Nolan the other day. I thought our DBs were playing really well. Our linebacker play really improved. So, I mean, there's something right there to play for. And, you know, that defense is looking really good. We need to, you know, I think Troy D said it earlier in the show that uh, maybe spice a little some spice some stuff up on offense and u- utilize these players to their ability. Because look, we have talent on this offense. When it's Tyler Sneed, C.J. Johnson, Josiah Hatfield is a speedster on the outside, uh, and both of our running backs, Harrison Mitchell, and of course our quarterback, uh, Holt Nailers. You know, so I think we're just going to have to spice some things up on offense and you know mix it up and. Hopefully the Pirates get that first win this week in Huntington. 
All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back when we return. Troy D. talked to a couple of former or current Pirate linebackers, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. One of my favorite plays from Saturday is when they had a meeting at the quarterback. Both of them got to Nolan at the exact same time for uh, splitting a sack. We'll uh, hear from those guys, but right now we'll make you a winner. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. I tell you what, man. You know what? Instead of making somebody a winner today, uh, let's let's punt and just end the show now. Let's do it. Yeah, let's let's just do what Washington did yesterday. I know we have more time on the clock, and we could win. We could make you a winner. I tell you, he would have went for it, man. But it's <laughs> me, John Gruden. I would have went for it, man. I would have went for it on fourth down, man. You don't punt the ball there. I I know old rooster neck Billy Weaver, man. He. I know he wants to Rick, uh, Rick punt Smith, it. do you think they should have punted there? Or? I don't know what the hell they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we what are we giving away, Shirley? We'll give it. We'll give something away. A shrimp taco lunch, courtesy of Chico's. Here, have this fish taco. Have it. Run out the clock. I'm gonna go punt it in the parking lot. <laughs> shrimp taco can be yours if you are caller number 12. 317-1250. We're back with more after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $1,000 a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. And congratulations to Thomas Follett of Greenville. Picked up a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus ice cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty. We have heard from Tyler Sneed, Holton Aylers, DJ Ford, CJ Johnson. Let's continue on inside the Players' Lounge as Troy D. caught up with a couple of Pirate linebackers who had good performances on Saturday. Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith had a party at the quarterback. Uh, Pirates played well enough to, to win on the defensive side of the ball certainly uh did not on offense they're hoping that can get corrected before saturday when they take on the marshall thundering herd and the defense looking to keep rolling troy d talked to bruce bivens and xavier smith earlier today let's hear that right now troy d back inside the players lounge with xavier smith and bruce bivens from the ecu defense guys first of all welcome back good to see you again yes sir good being back yes sir good being back uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Don't get too fired up yet, Bruce. We got to keep you even keel here. Uh, let's talk about last weekend. First of all, outstanding performance by the defense. Uh, I think that really one of the storylines of the game w- was the improvement from game one to game two from App State to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were a big part of that. Your thoughts and feelings, first of all, after last weekend. 
Um, so let's start with Bruce. Um, it was it was a real bitter uh, feeling, you know, after the game, knowing how hard we played and stuff, and we let them off the hook um, at the end. But you know, it's a little sweet too because we know we improved and we know how good our team can be. So, I mean, we just we just got to keep building off of that and just try to keep getting better and better and better. Xavier, your thoughts? Uh, just going off of what Bruce said, I feel like as a defense, we saw what we could be, and we seen all the hard work we put in and the preparation and that when we have a good week of practice and we execute at a high level that it does translate to the game and I think we all got a glimpse of that this uh, past Saturday you know things didn't fall how we wanted them to fall but there's a lot of positives we can take away from that game that we had to transition and keep playing like that uh, week after week after week so it was just a good thing to see defensively but you know we're still I'm still upset that we didn't come out victorious because I feel like we did play well enough and good enough to get the win. As you guys know, three phases to the game, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, it really kind of takes everybody working together. You can't just do it just with one phase. But uh, I know you guys really showed up. Uh, Xavier, I believe you had eight tackles. Bruce, six. Uh, you both shared a sack. I mean, your stats uh, from Saturday looked really good. Your play looked impressive. And I, I, I was getting fired up watching Bruce getting fired up on the field after his big tackles. too. <laughs> How did that feel to get out there and, you know, finally feel like you were making a difference? Uh, it felt great, and especially the, the atmosphere kind of amplified it, too. Um, it, just felt, it just felt real good to know that our defense is playing good and knowing that I can contribute to that. You saw Xavier, App State got over, you know, a couple hundred yards rushing, kept South Carolina just 100 yards. You, really, you guys really shut down the run game. Take us back to that last drive. I know that's one you guys that was probably, if there was anything that you could take back, maybe that last drive where they kept on eating yards and yards and yards and getting close enough to kick a field goal. Uh, what were you guys seeing on that last drive that they had? Um, it was just execution pieces, you know. It was late in the ball game. We just have to work on, you know, finishing what we were doing the rest of the game. You know, we have to keep playing the way we were playing for all four quarters. We can't let up. And there are some plays, you know, maybe if it was being fatigued or tired, but mentally, like, the focus wasn't there and the execution started to slip just a little bit. I thought you guys matched up physically really strong with this SEC team. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, had these guys on their heels the entire game. It took them to the last play of the game to to win it. Uh, you guys, how do you guys view it? And then after you've watched some of the tape, as far as how you physically matched up with with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, me personally, I feel like you know that's the SEC opponent one and two. They were some pretty pretty big guys. They were pretty physical, and like if if we could if we could match up against them physically, like we should be able to match up against anyone. Um, so just we're just taking that into consideration like we got a real good football team like physically we have a real good football team physically and we just got to work on the mental piece to keep pushing us forward and Xavier I know you guys were able to uh, get some turnovers too which is something y'all work on all the time yeah I mean just like piggybacking off of Bruce you know it's all about a mindset you know it doesn't matter how big the team is you know how strong it is it's about who wants it more you know who prepare better you know who got better in the film room who really studied their opponent and I feel like we did a great job this week on getting like key things to help us uh, elevate during the game so I feel like that played a big part as well because you know they were bigger than us but like it's about a one-two mindset and I feel like we had that and we're feeding off each other the whole game. 
I, I said it earlier. I think this is a South Carolina team. You know, I mean, who's to say how good they are, you know, at the end of the season? But this is a South Carolina team. I think a few years ago, if we played them, they steamroll East Carolina. So for ECU, and granted, it would have been great to finally send them home with the with the loss. But uh, I see improvement big picture-wise as far as where this team was a few years ago yeah. to where it is right now. I know the frustration level as far as the wins and losses aren't there yet, but that doesn't mean they can't be coming soon. Yeah. Right, I think the same thing. Like it's a process in everything you do, no matter how long it takes. It's a process, so we just gotta keep trusting that process. How are you guys doing physically? How's the team? You know, as far as your other teammates on the defense doing physically? It was a uh, physical game. You guys look good to me. You yeah. sound good, but uh, how's everybody holding up right now? Uh, we're doing good physically. Um, you know, we're just getting treatment. You know, getting the nicks and bruises taken care of. But like, we have no like, like major concerns injury wise. So. Like, it was just a physical game, you know. We knew what we were getting into before the game, you know. You just got to take care of your body afterwards, prepare for the next week. Once again, uh, just a few key plays here or there go the other way. East Carolina potentially dominates that game. And it's, when we're talking a different story today, how, this team I know is hungry. Uh, as you turn your sights now to Marshall, the thundering herd, I know you'd love to take some aggression on those guys. And what what are you guys' uh, thoughts and feelings? What do you see from this Marshall offense that you expect going into Saturday? Um, we haven't really dove too deep. Like we're trying to finish the finish the film from South Carolina and correcting our mistakes. But I mean, from what I see, they, they got a they got a pretty good football program, and we just gotta we gotta attack like how we would any other team. You know, just go in there and do what we gotta do and play our style of football. This will be a uh, road game. I know you guys mentioned the energy in the stadium Saturday. How much of a factor was that for y'all, having fans back in the stands and being able to feed off of that? Um, it was amazing, to be honest. You know, I missed that personally. I know, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the younger guys, you know, they really admire that. You know, that's, like, I remember my first game when I seen a whole bunch of fans in the stadium. You know, it's really, like, not breathtaking, but, like, it's an unforgettable moment you have. So I know a lot of guys, you know, really feeding into that. And, like, we support, love and support you guys. You, you love and support us. So it's like a love-love relationship. How'd practice go yesterday? How's the mentality of this team um, mentally right now? Uh, I feel like we're good. We, we're just working on improving us. Like, like I said, it's a process, and we know that. So we're just going to keep doing what we got to do to make sure we get over the hump. Guys, great seeing you as always. Thank you for coming in the Players Lounge here on Pirate Radio. And uh, we'll wish you the best of luck going on the road to Marshall. And we will hook up with you again next week. Okay, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Xavier Smith, Bruce Bibbins with Troy D. Inside the Players Lounge. You've heard from those two gentlemen. Also, DJ Ford, Holt Naylor's Tyler Sneed on today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take our last break. Come back. You're ready to wrap it up. If you're listening to our live Monday edition, you'll hear the Brian Bailey Show coming up next with Robert Jones and J.J. McLam. We will wrap up Pirate Radio Live on a Monday when we return after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up 261 points at 34,869. The NASDAQ was down 9 points at 15,105. And the S&P was up 10 at 4,468. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. And take a look at your Buck scoreboard. The Yankees beat the Twins. That was a makeup game from uh, back in August in 10 innings. The Yankees beat them by a final of 6 to 5. The Rays take on the Blue Jays tonight at 707. It'll be the Cardinals and the Mets at 710. The Red Sox are over on the left coast. They're going to take on the Seattle Mariners at 10-10. And of course, we've got Monday Night Football. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio beginning at 7.30. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now back to the show. Here's Clip. Da Buck. Da Buck. All right, a couple of housekeeping items. It's back. Join Pirate Radio and Fleet Feet of Greenville to kickstart your game day on September 25th. With a $5 5K, it's an untimed event. All proceeds will be donated to Robbie's Clubhouse for $10. You can sign up and run and get a shirt or skip the shirt and do the run for just 5 bucks. It'll be 8 a.m. at Fleet Feet on Greenville Boulevard. Sign up by going to runsignup.com and search Pirate Radio. $5 5K, Saturday, September 25th. want to give another shout-out to Warren's Hot Dogs and mm. to tiebreakers for our awesome pre-game and post-game food mm. on saturday my goodness the them sa- apple turnovers were something else the, the sausage dogs. dogs the hot dogs that was awesome and then that cheesesteak and a wrap at tiebreakers is my new go-to so. i got the boneless wings for the first time i usually go traditional i went boneless wings this time to keep it kind of light and man they were delicious delish thank you tiebreakers thank you Warren's Hot Dogs. Looking forward to some familia coming up on this Saturday. Uh, coming up on Tuesday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Ball out! Ball out! Kevin Monroe. No flags! No flags on the field! Kevin Monroe will join us. Also, Stephen Igloo will be uh, on the show. Oh, Look- God. I didn't have that ready. Uh, I've got it on the same pot. Sorry. <laughs> God! Surely. Stephen Igloo. It's okay if you don't have it today. But we got to play it a whole lot while Stephen Igloo's here tomorrow. Stephen, that's Igloo. all I'm asking. So. Oh no, that'll that's a given. Okay, Stephen Igloo will be with us. Also, you'll hear what Mike Houston had to say at his weekly press conference. We'll see you Tuesday, three o'clock, for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the Voice of the Pirate Nation.